Also sind wir ja inzwischen waren. Oh. Oh, let's go. I see a lot of yeses. All right then. <laughs> I'm making it up. Auburn light reflects on an endless crystalline floor, creating a mosaic of flickering rays of gold, silver, red, and orange in limitless fractiles across the endless expanse. The source of the light sits upon the horizon, a sun frozen in a constant state of rising eclipse, save for the edges where roaring flames lick delicately across the fringe of the obscuring disk. A single object sits before the eclipsed sun, an hourglass nearing the very end of its count. A tiny trickle of sand yet falls into the lower portion of the timepiece. Their measure draws to an end. The disembodied voice echoing from all places at once. A single finger, figure lingers over the hourglass. There is time yet. You must give them time. The figure lingers, a tinge of desperation to their tone as they huddle over the hourglass. I have given time. We have given time. Your efforts have been in vain, Immortalis. If the sands end, they have failed, and you will hold your end of the bargain. The scene fades, and we find our vision brought to a much different location. It is mid-fall. Golden carpets of yellow and orange coat the foliage of the surrounding valleys. To the east lies a towering, immense mountain range, the Bloomfort. To the west, a second, the Anticon range. But we find ourselves looking down at a small, industrious town nestled between these two towering ranges. Portions of this countryside are immaculate, but the signs of a war ten years gone by still remain. To the north stretches hundreds of miles of trenches now abandoned along with the conflict. To the south, the abandoned constructs of old, the empty husks of the war forged. The town itself bustles as the early morning light rises, the sound of a steam whistle punctures the quiet, verberating off the two hills upon which the town sits, Chateau de Collionet. And so we move to our first adventurer. Up even before the sound of the steam whistle, even before the light itself, a tall, imposing figure stands cutting wood in a lumber yard, a place that they have called home for the last 10 years, give or take, on and off. Alec, could you describe your character as he works not wearing all of his accoutrements, yeah. uh, cutting wood for Zephyr? Yeah, sure. Um, so can I say his name? Is that, is that what we're Please doing Please do. Yeah, Introduce him if you'd okay. like to. Um, so Siegfried is a six foot six tall, um, half elven looking ASMR figure. Um, 
large, stocky build, long, voluminous uh, black hair with these luminescent strands of gold. His skin etched with deep, gilded, kintsugi-like scars. Um, he is wearing uh, collections of blacks and browns, uh, still with his uh, knee and leg armor on, but this kind of open, flowing black shirt a la Geralt of Rivia up top. Um, he has this red uh, Vegar Castilian sash at his side as he sort of uh, chops away at some hood. All right. As you stand there, Sig, it has been just over 24 hours since your venture north and back. Your companion, whom you went to fetch, still slumbers after the strenuous crossing and the toll that it took upon them. You left them asleep in your small attic apartment above the still hand lumber yard, in front of which you work now. <clears throat> and as you pause to kind of take a moment, catch your breath, you glance northwards, the second hill of the town looming, and atop that, the castle de Coyene, a ancient, ancient structure that has stood in this part of the world since long before the nation of Rougemont existed. Though time has not necessarily been kind to it. Between you and the castle itself sits a large wooden palisade at the base of the hill. That palisade is the second artillery company's base. The castle itself has had entire turrets shorn down and large platforms erected from atop which bristle massive long guns, semblances of defensive fortifications, artillery pieces, almost bristling from the back of this thing like some sort of porcupine, a mound, and the relic of the castle, the corpse, almost cannibalized to create a new, more contemporary defensive fortification. Your kind of line of sight drifts away from what once was a beautiful structure, you're certain, though you've never seen it in a state beyond this, towards the small bridge that crests the brook, which leads into the town proper on the other hill. And as your vision kind of casts over and away, you see a small human child shifting towards you. They're wearing a small townsy cap, overalls, and a cream-colored shirt, uh, and they kind of bustle towards you in that... You've, you've met figures like this before. This is very clearly a courier. Uh, ambiguous in the way that small children tend to be uh, when they are donned in work attire uh, as they kind of shuffle up towards you. Excuse me, sir. Uh, are you are you Mr. Siegfried? Is that is that you? Yeah, yeah, that's me. How can I help you? Uh, um, I have a I have a missus uh, a missive uh, from you uh, from uh, Mayor Sh 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 Suchet. Um, uh, the the mayor? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, and he just kind of hands you a sealed envelope. Hands him a Thaltian mark. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Of course. Uh, what was your name? Uh, Peter. Peter. Pleasure. Um, you, thank you for this. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, and he begins to kind of back away and turn and immediately head back on his errands. And as you look down at this missive, we're going to shift 
ever so slightly, only about 200 yards to the south. A figure shifts, covered by a pile of golden leaves. Sean, you awaken. Please describe your character to us. Yeah, what's up? Uh, Fiddlesticks, the scarecrow, stands <laughs> from his pile of leaves. No, I'm just kidding. I made that joke before, and it was very funny. It's a work of art. Thank you, thank you. I worked very hard on it. <clears throat> uh, a small, uh, even for a dwarf, a smaller dwarven individual with uh, faded sort of copper uh, beard and long flowing hair that is uh, currently picking leaves out of a long green cloak that he's been using as a blanket for most of the night. Uh, rolls over out of these leaves he's made himself a bed out of. Uh, you can... Is anyone within earshot? Um, <coughs> Siegfried, what's your passive perception? Uh, my passive perception... Uh, 11. <laughs> okay. How loud are you being, Gendry? Well, uh, as he stirs, uh, his bag ruffles around and you can hear the clinking of multiple different glasses inside said bag. Uh, as he stands stretches picks up uh, an empty uh, whiskey bottle from the night before sort of turns it upside down alright well that's one more done Uh, and stands greeting the day okay you are sitting in the small little cups uh, sitting along the brook uh, where you found yourself after walking months Mm. to the north (laughs) Yeah. Only just arriving yesterday uh, and just having time to find this small spot to make camp away slightly from the hustle and bustle of the town, which you can already hear. The Jean-Marc munitions factory is just across the creek and you begin to hear that steam whistle call out a second time as the second call for labor is brought up. You can hear the light sounds of hammers and industry beginning to spin up. But just before you, in the woodyard of that small lumber um, lumber workshop that you passed on the way in, you see a tall figure standing over some wood, staring down at a folded envelope. And as you do, <laughs> we will cut over to our third individual. The scent of sawdust fills the air. Small flecks of golden dust catch as rays of golden light pierce through the roofing of the structure as you slowly begin to stir, still sore from the endeavors of your most recent journey, though feeling a little bit more refreshed. Button. Can you introduce your character? I can. Uh, Honey appears to be a humanoid brunette, long hair, femme-coated. These molten yellow eyes that once they wake up shift back to brown. They're petite. They were the expression of as they wake and are feeling a little more refreshed, like maybe they won't 
be halfway behind Siegfried with every step that they take, um, but still pretty tired. Uh, they have the expression of someone who'll shit in your boots if you rub them the wrong way. Uh, Siegfried? They wake up and immediately, I think, call for their companion and then remember where they are. But it's really nice. There's no Siegfried in here. And I think they get up. Uh, they're wearing- their accoutrements are that of a blacksmith. They're wearing these uh, versatile, baggy pants. They have a big belt that they put on around their waist and start putting on this armor that takes the frame of a rib cage around their waist. Okay. As and you, they'll peek outside. As you glance around, you're actually up in like a loft attic. Very similar to we, where we started your session zero in that there is a small wooden ladder up to this loft. As you glance around the attic, it's kind of lit by the bards of golden light coming in through the roofing shingles. You see various completed or uncompleted pieces of furniture stowed into corners and stacked up in various locations. Um, the work of your friend um, and an individual whom you met yesterday. Uh, his, well, the owner of this space, Zephyr Stillhand, who owns the Stillhand Lumberyard, um, who you don't hear Sig, but as you glance down through the little um, ladderway into the lower floors, you do see this halfling figure bustling about. Ah, mon ami, mon ami, it is a beautiful morning. <laughs> okay, okay, we have the croissants. Siegfried is getting the firewood. Um, he doesn't seem to notice you. Bonjour. Oh, they oh. know one word in um, in German that I believe. Bonjour, mon ami. Good morning. It is good to see you. And they begin to speak to you in Thaltian, uh, knowing well enough uh, that you don't actually speak Shermondet. Uh, uh, come morning. down, come down. Uh, breakfast is almost ready. Your uh, Siegfried is outside uh, just cutting some wood. Uh, please, please. Thank you very much. Of course, of course. Uh, would you go fetch him for me? Yes, of course, sir. Thank you very much for letting me stay here. And they uh, run outside. <coughs> okay. Uh, you kind of are hit briefly by uh, the smell of, like, baked bread croissants that are just coming out of the oven. Uh, it's not a fancy fare, but it is smelling good and uh, looking tasty. And as you step out into the sunlight, you can see Siegfried standing there uh, and kind of glancing at this missive. Um, Gendry, you would see as a human steps out of the building, uh, and kind of straddles up to this tall, towering figure holding the lumber axe. I continue to gather my things. Okay, perfect, beautiful, <laughs> wonderful. Alec, Button, you hear as Honey approaches behind you. Oh, good morning. How are you? How'd you sleep? I am definitely moving a lot faster today, but I still mm. feel like I don't have information in my brain that I usually have, or like, I feel less dexterous, and like, sure. if I tried to lift something, I'd be worse at it than usual, but I'm doing great. You look fine. I'm essentially just uh, big and built to take all sorts of abuse, so th th I'm used to the trek. It's a very um, odd way to talk about yourself. It's not wrong, though. Uh, That's fair. 
And you're doing okay, though? Did uh, Zephyr get breakfast going? I smell like croissants in there, and I really want one, but he said to get you first, and I feel like getting a croissant was contingent upon getting you, so I am here. Don't ever let me keep you from getting croissants, okay? Okay. What is that? They point at the letter. <laughs> He's kind of... I actually have not opened it yet. Uh, he'll sort of one hand throw the axe into the stump of wood and just open it. Okay. As you turn it over, it is marked by the wax seal. Um, it looks to be like a formal mayor seal, which is the Chamondelet heraldry, uh, which is okay. the crosses over the sun. Uh, this seven-pointed sun with a two basically scepters crossed over it. Um, sure. It then has like the um, Chateau de Colonnais heraldry imposed over it, which is two towers atop a, two till or two hills. Um, okay. And as you break the seal, uh, you pull out. There's just a single piece of paper. Uh, what does it say? Uh, <laughs> as you begin to read it, it is a formal missive. Um, asking for your skills and assistance um, in regards to the Amity Rail Project, um, asking that you meet him in the town hall um, to provide aid with a venture northwards. Uh, looks like some sort of request from the mayor uh, for the railway. Want to help? Wow, that's very impressive. Um... Yeah. I know that the Amity Railway heads back up toward the place from whence I came, correct? Make a history check for me. No. Make... Make a survival check for me with advantage, because you... But a disadvantage, because I'm exhausted. Okay, so a normal history Straight check. Straight roll. Survival check for me. We're going to say this um, is cartography style. This nonsense. Graphy. Uh, Twelve. Twelve. The Amity so Rail Project, uh, common knowledge to most folks for that specific project is that the Amity Rail Project is the first of its kind. It is an attempt to use Aether technology for transportation without the complications and expenses that are involved around the airships of the Norkai. It is the first great civil engineering project of its kind uh, and it was predicated by the Chamondelet Accord as an outcome of the war in which the two primary warring factions were obligated to create the Amity Rail line between their nations. That project has been ongoing for 10 years, a decade since the end of the war. It has yet to be completed um, but there are two segments that are under construction. One traveling southwards from Vegar Castle, and one traveling northwards from this very city or town, Chateau de Coyenay, up northwards. It has been rife with complications due to the political nature of this uh, venture and the terrain that it cuts through, which is the Thousand Fronts. Um, it does not go the exact direction you are coming from, and it does not yet breach the border of Rougemont. But it would be northeasterly from you. You guys came across the Bay of Presh uh, and then hoofed it from the northwest. This kind of goes up northeast. Mm. Um, my answer is contingent uh, upon... We have to talk about some things that I didn't want to talk about um, 
when I first met you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd very much like to do that. We could do that at the breakfast if you want. That sounds really nice. Okay. He'll uh, sort of... You want to carry some firewood or... Yeah. <laughs> okay. He'll give them two pieces of firewood and take the other 80 with him. I am not a baby. As you begin no. to <laughs> turn back to head inside, uh, we will jump back to Gendry. Gendry, you have collected all of your accoutrements at this point. Fuck yeah. Um, how would you like to stuff. proceed with your day? Uh, well, I take the small uh, portable keg that I've been using as a pillow uh, and kind of sloshing around a little bit, a little space in there, so I'm hit up that tavern real quick. Okay. Uh, Get a little top off for the road. So this will be your first time. Um, you swung by the coffee shop uh, last time you were yes. or yesterday. So are you looking for a specific tavern, my friend? I'm looking for the closest place to these trees that has alcohol to sell me. Okay. As you glance around in the current vicinity, you are not seeing any specific taverns. Um, you might have to ask around or mm. take a look yourself. I am going to move us to our town map. Oh, this place. Now, currently, Shit. our two friends, um, Honey and Siegfried, are over here where I'm pinging. And our two strangers. Our two strangers, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Our <laughs> our friends, not Gendry's. Gendry, you are down here um, near yeah. kind of the water's edge. Cool, cool, Hi, cool. Raiders. Lost Ark? Uh, I will <laughs> head into town. Okay. I don't want to get yelled at for sleeping in these guys' field the whole night, so I'm going to head across that bridge. Okay. Um, so as you kind of begin to head outwards, um, you head over Le Pont des Deux Collines, which is the bridge that kind of breaches this one creek that runs through the center of the t hills. As you kind of get up and make your way across, uh, I will say, honey, you would notice as a kind of rustic looking dwarf carrying this dwarf yeah <laughs> almost looking dwarf uh carrying like a small keg at his waist kind of shuffles out of some yeah. undergrowth and begins to head towards the town bypassing you guys to get up towards the woodlands intentionally not making eye contact are you Sean, yeah. I will say, are you trying to be stealthy i'm sorry i was not uh... i i don't think i can be in this much of an open field than me and uh, the tall man have I have disadvantage, so I don't know if I can actually see that. What's your but I know that perception? one of them has already clocked me. 16. 16. Okay, you would see him if he's not obscuring himself. Um, no. But he just got... This isn't necessarily... The stretch of the field he's cutting through is not owned by anybody. The lumberyard oh, kind of runs up against it. Uh, he's just I... sleeping in this sort of copse of woods on the edge of town. Uh, as you kind of begin to walk... Or see him walk past you like yeah, I think <laughs> I know. I'm like I. I think I would respect the wishes of someone who doesn't want to be looked at and just be like, yeah, okay. I love it. <laughs> and don't look away. Make my job harder. I love this. This is no. I'm, I'm yeah, teasing dude. you. I'm teasing you. Uh, okay, you guys go inside <laughs> to get some breakfast. What kind of litter do you have there? <laughs> no, 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 no. You are playing your. Who the fuck are you? And I love you both. Uh, okay, so Gendry, you continue into the town. Uh, how yes. are you seeking out a town? Um, <laughs> true to my character, speaking to as few people as possible, uh, I look for, uh, similar to me, people who are used to spending time in dives or 
partaking of drink. Anyone who looks fancy, just like hard pass, big arc around them. Make an investigation check for me. Oh no! Is this the first roll? No, we already had a roll. Ha! <laughs> it's a minus. Five! You got a five. Yeah. Right as you cross over the bridge, the third steam whistle goes, and you are caught in the press of workers pushing their way into the Jean Mach. <laughs> Uh, Mark Munitions Factory, which is the last thing you wanted. Um, and it's quite stressful and, and anxiety-inducing. The number of people who work in this industrial yard is quite impressive. Um, mm-hmm. And by the time you kind of fought your way through the crowd and it's dissipated with them going back into the town, you find yourself standing in, in this small square near what you know to be the town hall, completely disoriented and still without any sort of guidance or direction towards a location to procure your uh, vice. Cool. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I'm going to go to the spot I remember speaking to that wonderful accordion player okay. and hoping he's there, because he seems the type. Uh, as you make your way down, Trying you do hear... Um, <laughs> it takes a few minutes walking past the town hall, back down towards the Southern Orlem Road. Uh, and Triumph Square, where you recall um, going to the Secret Cup Cafe. Uh, Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, sitting out front, there is that same figure sitting there with the accordion, kind of playing this soft, lilting tone, nothing particularly fancy. Um, Mm -hmm. They kind of glance up. Oh, hello, it is good to see you again. I'm sure it is. How's your memory today? It's feeling just a little bit foggy and hazy, but I'm <laughs> There's sure you the sound can of a it. silver coin hitting his little bundle in his hat. Oh, you are such a generous patron, a fan of the arts, no? <laughs> You're a stubborn. Uh, oh, that would be uh, probably the snoozing goat. It's just um, actually, if you go down this alleyway here, um, and he kind of points to this little run behind the sleeping goat here. Yep. And even Which through the, the secret alleyway, cup. Yeah. You can see, or secret cup, thank you. Uh, you can see the snoozing goat tavern sitting there now, uh, this just thing. down. Yeah, the structure right here. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, it kind of looks onto the large cathedral square. Um, he says, okay. But uh, uh, hold on. You look like a man with a quiet taste, no? Aye. He and not much money him. left. How acquired are we talking? Very quiet. There is um, a fancy place called uh, Hogan's Powder It is just up here, a little bit further on the other side of the northern uh, end of the square. It fancies itself a gentleman's bridge club, but uh, there is a back door. Go around to the alleyway. Knock too short, too long. You can get them... Better vices there, my friend. You're handy to know. Gives you a quick uh, wink. Glances down at the and... coin and smiles at you, and it's clearly entirely fiscal. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably see this man again before I die. Uh, I will... <laughs> I will head towards the... Uh, what did he say it was? A polo club? Uh, parlor, Hogan's Parlor. So like a bridge okay. club. It's like a gentleman's... Club, it's it the last place Gendry would go. 
Yeah, they it play is, a lot of bridge there. Yeah, it's where fancy guys sit and play cribbage and boring card games. Then that's where I'll head okay. for my vices. Uh, as you head kind of towards, you do see uh, sitting right up, dominating a lot of this block here, again, near the cathedral now, which you can see properly, uh, this massive cathedral of St. Coulier. Um, but you see this kind of glass-fronted building with mm -hmm. a double-door entryway all immaculately done. And as you look in through the windows, you can see all of these fancifully arranged and quite quiet early in the morning, um, but these fancifully arranged armchairs with little tables in between them. There are little, like, little uh, silver trays with scotch glasses and bottles sitting on them. Uh, and you see bustling inside a gentleman in a sort of tuxedo who seems to be... Uh, like sort of a butler or some sort of serving individual. Um, but you know to go around the backside. Uh, as I hear, or as I see the butler inside, I just quietly whispered to myself, have some respect for yourself, man. Uh, and then I'll walk around the back. <laughs> okay, perfection. Uh, you make your way around the back, and there is just this very, very... As you get past the facade along the street, it very quickly just becomes like a stone bricks mortared building quite old most of the structures of this town despite the contemporary nature of the industry here must be thousands of years old um mm, my stone cutting is tingling your stone cutting is tingling this is the sort of um <laughs> this is a medieval town that has had industry imposed upon it this is okay. very european in nature um as you make your way down you do find just this simple door with a stone slab that steps up or excuse me, steps down, and the door kind of seems to lead downwards. There's like a good 15 second pause before he's like, what am I doing? Too short, <laughs> too long. <laughs> a little slider slips open. A pair of eyes look out, look back and forth, and then look down. Down here. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see it close and the door swings open. Uh, and you are greeted by this rotund looking gentleman nice half elf definitely mask in presentation um he wears this mutton chop sort of almost beard but it fails to really get all the way across he is a burly and not very tall figure um comparable to you he's still got a little bit of height but probably like five foot three five foot four uh, hello, hello, uh, Hogan Sparla. You would like to come in, yes? I would uh, very much appreciate that if you can fill vices I've heard. Oh, that I can. The best of the best, and the things that are illegal as well. <sighs> what? No. <laughs> and he kind of holds the door open. I go inside. <laughs> okay, the door closes, and we are going to jump because he's been very, very patient. Oh, to our of course. Final friend. Adam, you stopped just outside the town yesterday on the Southern Orlem Road after a couple weeks of travel with the trade caravan that you joined back in San Bastien. You are a little road weary, but it hasn't been a miserable journey. The weather has held despite the encroaching winter, and it's been a nice jaunt along the coast down towards Rule, and then northwards up through the iron fields. The view has been unique. The iron fields is beautiful, beautiful and morose, 
passing those inert shells of the Warforge. Your caravan leader electing not to camp within the town, but just outside on a small field allocated, saving a little space and a little money on dues and fees. But you rise this morning and find the caravan preparing to break down and drop off goods within the city. Your contract complete and your labor paid for, you have arrived at your destination. Please describe your character. Uh, so Tristan uh, stands at about 6'2", um, very uh, dark blue skin. Uh, his eyes where the white should be is completely black, uh, except for the color. The only color in his eyes is this uh, very bright blue where the, where the color of your eyes are. Um, white hair that is uh, in locks uh, going forwards. Uh, he stands... He he looks almost too fancy, but like it's very worn. Uh, so he's wearing a vest with a jacket over his shoulders. But if if anybody saw him at a distance, they'd be like, "Oh, fancy man!" But it's very worn, and 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 it's basically his only clothes. Um, he also has a a large uh, white brim hat that he wears um, from time to time, and uh, not. Uh, a wizard's hat, more flat, uh, witch boy, if you will, for a for a vibe, but very blacks and blues. Um, and I think he would probably step out of the caravan and just completely stretch. And you hear every everything pop instantly as he stretches. Immaculate, oh. my friend, immaculate. <laughs> now, a quick heads up, Adam, you're not showing up on the closed captioning, which we are going to oh. turn on now because our characters have been introduced. So. And before we go any further. I'm just going to kick us over and give a huge shout out to our character artist, Luzalia Art, the phenomenal artist who worked with And we're going to we go over, you. give us two seconds Woo. here. We have a little character screen that's got the logo and our four friends here. So we're just going oh to toss it over so that folks can get a little bitter, bit better look at our good friends here. Honey, Siegfried, Tristan, and Gendry. Oh, oh my, my God. God. You're all so beautiful. Yo. No. <gasps> no. I'm like almost Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Dude, I'm Sully. No. What the fuck? Dude, this oh, hits oh, so shit. hard. Huge genius. Sternum height on you two tall boys. I can't wait to hear you. <laughs> tall boys for <laughs> There's a lot of dimorphism in this group. It's very impressive. Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you, Lou. Guys, check out Lou's oh, video. Thank you, Lou. Phenomenal. This is amazing. Uh, oh, my God. I'm sure gosh. we'll be talking more about oh, this art God. as we move forward. Uh, and stay tuned for some other reviews, I'm sure. But we are going to jump back now, my friends. Boo! <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. The animation takes a minute. Okay, we're back. We oh, are in a minute. I'm a new sentimental. Now, in a minute, Adam. Holy shit! Yeah. Tristan's got the world ahead of him. To the north sit the southern gates of Chateau de Coyonet. Um, you can see uh, them from where you st stand. Um, okay. Just off to your east sit uh, a series of windmills. To your west, a series of fields and farms nestled along a rolling creek that heads towards the town, splitting the two hills uh, that make it up. I think Tristan would probably go to somebody that he's he's been, spent some time with on the caravan. Um, 
Sure. He's, he's not a stranger to people. Um, Fasil uh, has been an individual who has... Funnily enough, there's been some solidarity garnered in that you both look like displaced figures of wealth. Um, and he kind of uh, shuffles over to you as you're looking around. Uh, hello, Tristan. Good morning. Good morning. We have met at that. Ah, good morning. Uh, I was uh, a little bit... I was just wondering... Uh, do you know anything about this town? I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be a hundred percent here. I have no clue where anything is. Uh, I've never been here. I just know there's a rail project that I'm supposed to possibly get on. And, and uh, could, uh, I mean, I think, I don't know. I have never been, but I think the rail uh, runs from the eastern side of the town. You might check in with the town hall to get a little bit more information. Uh, right. Um. You know anybody knows where the town hall is, or am I gonna be just? Um, I think it is uh, that building, and he points, and you see, the main hill where the majority of this town sits, is dominated near the very crest. There is clearly a massive Gothic-style cathedral, but just between you and that cathedral, slightly down lower down the hill, there is a towering clock tower with this beautiful okay. red slated roof, and you can see as it is working on mechanisms, slowly counting down uh, the early morning hours. Um, I believe that is the building, my friend. <laughs> that, yeah, that check. Yep, that that definitely checks out. All right. Uh, well, it's it's it was fantastic. Hope to run into you again. Uh, mm. Tell them any supplies that are left in, in my place they could just keep for their carriage, make sure that they stay up and running. Generous of you, my friend, or perhaps... Nah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, he gives you a little slap on the back and uh, says, "Best of luck, uh, bon voyage, my friend." Thank you. Uh, and I think, I think uh, what he would what he would see is a definite like Tristan thing would be instantly as he's walking towards the tower. Tristan brings out a notebook and starts writing about seeing this mechanized thing that is able to tell that he's like, "Huh, okay," and trying to even though he's very far away is like trying to see if he can figure out the mechanics before he gets there okay um <laughs> walking with your nose in your book you make your way down this cobbled street between these low-lying stone walls towards the southern city gate uh which begins to lead upwards into the town itself um you barely register the guards in the orange and white of rougemont um but what does catch your attention as you pass through these southern gates are two towering constructs, warforged, standing to the left and right of these southern gates. These structures are about 10 feet tall. They are six to seven feet across from shoulder to shoulder. As you look at these branded constructs, there are, they're emblazoned in the orange and white of Rougemont, the right arm on each, and they are mirrors of each other, holds a massive cannon. Left arm, this towering lance. It's probably pushing 15 feet in length. There is no movement from these structures, or these constructs. They simply sit there gazing into the horizon, stationary as you pass them. There is no movement to stop you. There is no question from the guards. You just make your way into the town. How, how close do I, do I pass? The uh, gate itself is about 20 feet across to bring in carts either way. The Orlem okay. Road, which you've been coming up, is a massive, massive surface. Um, 
the Orlam Road could fit up to 15 carts abreast. Uh, oh, wow. It is 30 to 40 feet across um, and is more like a highway than a road traditionally done. And it is immaculately kept cobblestone the entire way up, but it narrows right before reaching this town, this grand avenue that splits the entire nation of Rougemont from south to north. Um, here you pass between the gates, though, where it is a little narrower. I definitely think Tristan would skirt closer to one, not like not afraid of them and i think he would if, if anybody were to see he flips back a couple of pages to uh an image of the field uh that, that he passed with a sketch of one of the many warforged and starts trying to add little notes that he's taking as he's looking at this warforged and he's not stopping he's like understands that there's a flow to everything and so he's just kind of flowing but he's just now adding notes to that and flips back a few pages and starts keeps on trying to figure out how the clock towers working in sync with everything and as you flip back and look at this sketch that you made a few days ago in the iron fields those were forged were rusted and worn scraps pulled from them this visage that looks at you from the piece of paper is nothing like the construct that stands before you regal imposing and somewhat elegant in design, these large sweeping husks with these visors that run almost along the chest, where there are no visible eyes, but just slight light, a slight glow. The constructs back in the field, similar in size and scale, though clunkier, worn and old, abandoned and cannibalized by time and the restrictions of the Shermondelay Accord. Whatever granting them the semblance of sentience that they have removed from them. There is a stark contrast between what you saw in the fields of iron and what stands at the gates before you. But you scribble down your annotations and head towards the town hall. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> that's, that's what he does. <laughs> this is our crew. We've got Tristan, Honey, Gendry, and Siegfried. Oh my god. All right, we are going to jump back to the lumberyard, my friends, as Honey and Siegfried, you walk in, pamphlet in hand, uh, to the smell of breakfast. Uh, you see Zephyr still hand, pulling off the apron. Oh, hello, Siegfried, good morning, morning. Uh, wood, uh, over there. Morning. Uh, points towards, like, this stack of wood underneath the little ladder. He's already headed that way. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you know, you're yeah, used yeah. to this, yeah. He sits, 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 and he's putting plates onto this very, very... The furniture stands out in that it is very well made expensive looking handcrafted furniture that he's just kind of picked the pieces he's liked and put in this kind of it's not quite a dirt floor but it's most of the way to the dirt floor of his lumber yard home mm -hmm. um it pulls up this beautiful chair which each chair is different no one chair is the same he's picked the best from each set he's made or made him another one and just added it to his little collection it's hodgepodge but it is beautiful in that each piece is its own unique work of art um, come come sit, home sit. very impressive <coughs> thank you thank you i have worked very hard uh, many years and sig has been there uh, uh, very helpful your artist uh, do my best, thank you. Uh, you've uh, given me a home, so I, I, I'm happy to help as much as I can. You know that. Yes, yes. Despite those big hands and those broad shoulders, he has a very delicate touch. Wow. He'll start handing croissants and like pouring drinks for everybody. 
So I'm handing them out. Thank you. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think Honey is like looking at the these two artisans who work in a very different craft than themselves and are like, now that Zephyr said that, are like looking at their hands and then they look down at their hands, which are just like calluses. <laughs> like, a little different. I don't think I have a delicate touch. <laughs> I get a lot of splinters, but the, the burns and the callus on your hands make sense here. You, you forge things, right? That's that's your thing. Yeah. Um, they keep eating and kind of eyeing Zephyr, knowing they can't really talk about what they would like to talk about with Siegfried at the moment. Um, Zephyr kind of just munches away, completely oblivious to the awkwardness of the space. <laughs> I love him. Um... Is there, like, a path or something um, on the... I know we're on the outskirts of town, but is there, like, a, a place, Mr. Zephyr? Because I know that you're busy here right now. I think something is being lost in the, uh, the language barrier. What do you mean? A path? For yeah. To where? Like a private path. Like a walking path? Like, like how there are paths to nowhere that people just exercise on and, like... Oh my gosh, would you look at me? I actually need to use the little halfling's room. Uh, I will be right back. And he kind of like hops up and you know that there's an outhouse uh, and he kind of makes his way out. He had pretty much finished his breakfast at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually taking the hint that you need some privacy. I was like, going to leave his house, but he left his house. He's very accommodating. Uh, I've learned that over the, the last amount of time. But uh, uh, thank you, Zephyr. You're welcome. Okay. Comes from right behind the door and goes, shit. Okay. And then we'll, you actually hear him leaving this time. Yeah. They go look and make sure that he's scattled and then seeing that that's the case. So your letter. Mm. From the mysterious person. Yeah. It says some things that, um, that don't make sense. Like what? Um. It said. At first, I thought, reading it, that this would be something that a crazy person wrote, but then it said something accurate. Yeah. I only started looking the way I do about two weeks ago. It wasn't until I reached Opsenikva. I can't pronounce anything. Um, Nailed it. Okay. I didn't look like the. I had like a hair change, you know. I I did not. You got like a, a haircut. Yeah. I wasn't a brunette though, and he knew to look for a brunette with brown eyes. Um, mm. which doesn't make sense. And um, I also don't. I don't worship, the Lord of the Brands, but and they, kind of manifest these flickers of flame on their fingertips. Um, but this has started happening, and whoever wrote that letter knew it, and knew the name of the entity who maybe, I guess, is making this happen. Yeah. And I didn't know the entity that was making this happen, but they did, so there's a problem. And it seemed, um... 
it, it have the initials of a person I'm supposed to meet, but I'm very skeptical that it is the person, but it is also my only lead. And I don't know what to do, and I am very cognizant of the fact that it was not addressed to the name that you have given me. Um, that, that is correct, yeah, um, it, it, it is apparent that both of us have some secrets. But he knew a secret that I didn't know the answer to. Which is scary. Yeah. And he knew something about me that I thought was dead. And he delivered it to your house. Yes, he did. I I want to help you figure this out. I want you to be safe. I want you to be able to keep living in your house and feel comfortable. And I feel like that is not the case when a name that you no longer use, that you think, oh, nobody can find me here because I use no name. Oh, look, letter with my uh, dead name. Great. Like, that is bad. Well, that is my dead name. Yes, you've got that correctly. Yes. Siegfried is a lot more comfortable to me now. And once, I'm happy to tell you the details as we travel more together, but... I'm not trying to pry, and Siegfried suits you. Thank you. I, um... I want to help you figure this out, because if this person knows things that you don't know, and things that I didn't think a lot of people knew, we have to get to the bottom of it. And if it is the person I think it is, then I really do have to be here for when when he might not be him. I have to be here just in case it is him when he say what is it, that the uh the lock freeze over? Yeah. What is the lock? Make a survival check for me, both of you. <coughs> Ooh! Well that could have been and that 20, but it's a 2 plus stuff. 2 plus stuff. Um, 6. A 17. A 17. Um, yeah. Honey, you're not super familiar with this part of the world. Um, and you're not recalling immediately. Sig, however, you've traveled through well, you know this region of the world well. There are no locks here. Yeah. The land known for locks is Falinok, specifically the Great Loch. Yeah. The immense sea-sized body of water that is proclaimed by the kingdom of Falinok to be man-made. Okay. There is yeah. a period in late winter, months from now, when that body of water does freeze in completion. Uh, From my recollection, it's in Fonanak. Yeah, because a lock is not, I nearly said French, is not German dead. (laughs) (laughs) No, no it's not, but we have time to get there if we need to. But I don't think that's what he means. Uh, looking at this letter, it confused me very much. He said, go to Rougemont, 
But then he say that if I am unable to reach them then, then I will come to them once the cold has settled on the Great Lock. So is it like, why am I, why am I here if he's just going to come to me later? Make an intelligence check for me. Because I wrote this, and if, uh, if there's clarity needed, I'm happy to give it. I get it, Josh, you're fine. <laughs> I'm keyed in. I'm not. Four. Four. Uh, Sager, are you looking at it as well? Yeah, I'll give it Make a shot. Make an intelligence check for me, too. No, my baby's I'm rolling nine. good on all the ones that don't yeah. matter. I kick oh. in the door drunk off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> is a 19 minus one okay. for an 18. As Honey is kind of blustering over this letter, you kind of glance over their shoulder um, and take a look at it. The wording implies that if Honey is unable to find the author, then in the winter months... When the lock freezes, the author will find them. I understand. Okay. Sorry if that he was really clear. No, it's cool. That is what they just said. Okay, perfect. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. He'll just confirm that that's that is what he's <coughs> reading from it. At least it seems that. So, we, yeah. What does he want me to do? Go like use his name in places looking for him? That seems counterintuitive. I don't know how to find him. He didn't give me a location. Sig, with your int check, the subtext being applied here is lay low. Mm -hmm. I can find you when I have the time. Yeah. Unless okay. you find a good means of getting mm -hmm. to him, keep your head covered. There is a lot of Im implied yeah. subtext that would only be... That makes sense. ...of... It would allow it's not honey's forte in any way shape or form yeah um it's not something they've been um, versed in there's a lot of uh you've seen missives in your history that layer in meaning and there is some implication there sorry button it disadvantage i would have had a 21 oh! just, it is what it is you're so tired i'm smart still. Yes. i'm playing an intelligent character guys i promise i'm just gonna <laughs> suck for whatever the rest of this day is uh, i'll stand in the back and you guys can do this guys context <laughs> honey was dragged through a demilitarized zone for five days uh five whole days just, i rolled oh. i rolled an athletics check of 12 and got two exhaustion points immediately like i was like i'm gonna die Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. It, it seems like laying low until this individual can find you. And I, I want to make it clear that I'm, I'm happy to wait it out with you and help you I'm, however I can. I, yeah. I appreciate that, and it is very clear to me that you're willing to just help strangers. It really pissed me off that this guy used your dead name. That was a threat. I'll get answers for it's that. It's a bitch move. I will get answers for that. Absolutely. Look at your answers and I'll shit in his boots. Oh, that is actually really fucking gross. What do you mean? You know how boots are very expensive. So if someone mean to you, like maybe once there is a soldier encampment and I am bored and soldier mean to me, so I sneak in at night and then, uh oh, his boots. Oh, okay. You know what? I was doubting you at first. Now, incredible idea. Yeah, it's good. I like this. It is consequence. Oh, talk shit, get shit. Talk shit, get shit. Love it. 
Um, but yeah, I want to get answers for that, and and I want to be able to help you find this person. But um, did you did you want to accompany to the to the mayor? Yes, I'd like to do that very much. Okay, I need to go get my eight pounds of eighty pounds of armor on, and then we should be good to go. I understand the fifteen minutes I have to take it to. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll sort of uh, just pat the top of their hand. Just please, if you need anything, just let me know. They pat the top of his hand. They say, "Okay." And they, um, similarly to the first time they met, Siegfried suddenly feels this rush of heat, as if he's standing in front of the forge. Um, just white hot for a single moment. As your AC goes up by one, and I use... What are you called? Send help. Is AC Blessing goes up, up shouldn't he feel cooler? God <laughs> damn it. Oh my god, 10 out of 10. God damn it. Beautiful. Blessing of the Forge, plus one wow. to your AC. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. We have to, I have to get the shield. Yeah, You're right, I have to get the shield. I'll make your shield. Okay, I'll take you up on that. Um, but he'll kind of get ready, let them get ready at their leisure, and then start heading toward the mayor. Okay. If they're amicable to, be, to that. You guys begin Cruising to on down Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> Cruising down down Main Street. Uh, so you make your way back through the town, which you had come from the north, unlike our other two friends here. Uh, across Le Ponte, Co uh, Ponte de Coyenne, uh, past the Jean-Marc munitions factory, and down towards the town hall. Um, but we are going to jump back to our friend Gendry. This rotund half-elven figure leads you down these narrow stairs, and you are hit Oh, I'm getting fucking killed. Okay, cool, follow. <laughs> the scent <laughs> of spilt alcohol that has been spilt many different kinds again and again and again on wooden floors, and it has saturated into the floors, creating a smell unlike any other on the planet. It's not exactly bad, but it's also not great. It is, mm -hmm. it's completely distinct and unique. And it mingles with the scent of cigars that are being smoked. <gasps> Fuck yeah. I was gonna ask this guy if he sold cigars. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you, my life. <laughs> as you step in, it is a very plainly set up structure. A large open basement with the stone foundations of a structure that has to be about 2000 years old. Above you are the creaky floors that have had carpets nailed into the ceiling to create soundproofing for the space mm. above. There's these long series of quite nice carpets that have just been nailed into the ceiling one over the other. A bar oh, takes up an entire, <laughs> an entire wall and you see a glass humidification cat, like uh, a closet oh, yeah. where there a are humidor? rows of uh, a humidor. Thank you. Of cigars. Next to that sit countless kegs and bottles. And you see telltale that very expensive bottle you bought the other day on the top shelf here, there sits six of those the tall towering crystal bottle with the uncanny uh, visage of cast the vega castle um royal uh, seal completely appropriated illegally and plastered on the side uh, of this bottle uh you know that this liquor is absolutely i'm looking illegal. at like 25 to life in this yeah, room right now yeah, you see <laughs> Thalanaki liquors that are heavily regulated, uh, whiskeys, rye whiskeys, uh, 
all along the shelves here. There are just a few folks hanging out, some soft conversation. Oh, there's other people here? There are other people. There's about four individuals dotted around the room. Uh, The rotund figure, who is wearing noble garb, uh, kind of turns around and says, (laughs) Okay, um, I am Hogan, by the way. Welcome to my saloon, please. What is your poison? (laughs) All of it, really? Uh, and I immediately, like, almost like um, a cartoon character being lifted off their feet by a pie on a windowsill, I float over towards the humidor. <laughs> okay. Uh, as you look at the humidor, it is not like a full room. It is like a glass-fronted cabinet with a series mm-hmm. of shelves, and you can see tilted slightly up are all these different cigar boxes. You are seeing um, Mel Acri cigars. You oh. are seeing... Um, Protectorate of Azoth cigars. You are seeing tobacco from deep regions of southern Itdar, and even the the Protectorate of Azoth, you know, sits on the far coast of the lost continent of Goldag. Um, these Ooh. are expensive um, shit <laughs> amalgamations of tobacco. There are more accessible ones. Um, you yeah. see uh, a lot of Thaltian wear, uh, knowing that the southern reaches of Thalatal are excellent for tobacco, uh, along with um, uh, some from the baronies to the south, um, and even the Bloodmire. Oh, interesting. Uh, I assume everything here is in the gold range of money? There are some cheaper cigars that would be in the, like, five silver range as you're taking a look. That's about all I can afford. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They're, like, he kind of uh, leans against the humidor, kind of looking a little proud. There is a little bit of a, like, this is my collection of things. And then, same with the liquor. There's a a bit of ego here and a bit of swagger. I had my weapon, like my hands on my weapon, then on my cloak as I was following this guy down. As soon as this all gets revealed, I'm like a kid at a ticket booth at like Chuck E. Cheese. Pressed against the glass. Just like, what can I afford? I want all of it. You could probably get one of the cheapest cigars there. Um, like a single A one. single, yeah, single cigar. Yeah, that makes about right. Uh, I will purchase that. Okay. The cheapest one I can find uh, for f- that isn't like dirt in a <laughs> and there are really, really gross ones that come out of Thalatal and Falanach um, yeah, that are just ash. Uh, it's like smoking a campfire. Falanach doesn't know how to make a cigar. No, yeah, that's yuck. not their MO. Um, but as you kind of, uh, you get a, it's it's not bottom of the barrel, but it's nothing like them. You're looking at some of the cigars near the top shelf as you kind of glance up, are looking at 100 gold pieces per cigar. I would pay These that. are worth a kingdom. Um, but you kind of glance in and you're able to get uh, a Thaltian brown um, which is Thaltian brown? Yeah, it's just this little silver label uh, Thaltian brown Okay uh, Codified by just the kind of brown wrapping <laughs> on it Yeah, uh, is there any sort of like case I would need to carry this in so it doesn't get bad? Uh, you can procure like a little wooden sheath for a single cigar that's just thin bark with a yes. cork stopper on it uh, for just Hell a silver yeah. piece. Okay, so a silver piece for that, and how many for the five cigar? for the cigar? But make a persuasion check for me if you want. Oh shit! As he sees you pull out your purse, his smirk kind of sags a little bit. Uh, what'd you get? Natural twenty. 
<laughs> you look a little road uh, worn, but uh, you like to smoke? I do. <laughs> just like not even being able to hide it, just like, yes. <laughs> I tell you what. He kind of takes the birch bark uh, case and puts it aside, and he pulls out a little box that will hold like five, and he says, here, take this on a natty 20. But to remember really? where you got it, huh, when you come into gold. If I find anything worth anything, I will be back to you. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, you can I... come to Hogan anytime. There is a place for a folk such as yourself. Individuals of taste, huh? <laughs> Refined gentleman like myself. <laughs> that uh, is right. So I'm paying five silver for five for the case and a single cigar. Okay, perfect. I have one silver left. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I make a very permanent like Google pin in my mind of where this place is. Okay, Hogan's parlor I, is. Right I commit here. the knock to memory. I even like practice it on like walls as I'm walking down the street. Okay. <laughs> you're sitting there. Uh, so you have your cigar. Um, you're in the in the speakeasy in the basement. Uh, how do you proceed, my friend? Uh, I'm going to look around at the other people here, actually. Just real quick. Get a, get a scan of their vibes. Sure, sure. Uh, as you look around, it is quite the eclectic group. Make a perception check for me, and we'll see how much you pull away. Perception. Perception. Uh, rolled in 18. 25. A 25. All right. Jays. Uh, Jesus Christ. Right. Enhance. <laughs> there are a slew of individuals across the economic spectrum in this space. Mm -hmm. um, and I hate to use that language, but that is the case here. Um, you see figures who are wearing the garb that has the uncanny marks of somebody who works in a artificer's or industrial center, burns along the sleeves, um, spills of oil. You see figures in expensive-looking, uh, noble-looking garbs. Um, you see femme-presenting figures in impressive gowns. Um, in the small number of folks there, the four or five, there is a representation of almost every facet of life. Uh, and with the 25 sitting in one corner, there mm -hmm. is one figure sitting with a large hood that's been pulled back, balding intensely human, uh, mask presenting, kind of leaning up against a back wall on a booth. There's a small uh, tumbler of uh, what looks to be a Falanaki whiskey, uh, and he is puffing on one of the more expensive-looking cigars. Oh, you bastard. And he's eyeing you right back. Oh, no. Be blind. <laughs> Just, like, pull out a stick. Start smacking it on the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's no. not what it meant. Oh, that's what I took it as. <laughs> Gendry just starts to pretend. Oh, uh, how did I get down here? <laughs> I just like that. The miracle's gone. I will uh, venture over towards him, sort of lured by the smoke. 
of one of these better cigars? It is perfumed, but in the right sort of way. As you approach, there is a lingering, slightly smoky, slightly sweet scent that hangs in get, the air around him. Trying to get a little bit of it on my clothes, so I smell like a lighter. As you bask in a cloud of smoke, um, <coughs> this figure says, Hello, can I help you? You tell me. Your eyes were drilling a hole in the front of me. Well, individual, clearly from not around here, taking stock of the room, was just a little curious myself. Hey, Curious how? I like to keep tabs of people who come through the town. Don't. Fair enough, sir. I'm just going to slowly start to move away from him after he's trying to keep tabs of me. Kind of watches I'm, you I, for a minute. <coughs> I kind of put my guard up as soon as the guy's like, I've been watching you. It's like, oh, no. Come to me if you want to work. He says that right as I'm turning by the cigar case. And I'm just like, what kind of work? <laughs> I have a vested interest in the success of a project carrying northwards. They're gathering heroic types to help protect the train heading into the Thousand Fronts. If there's one thing I know about the heroic type, they don't always make the most logical decision. So I'm looking for figures with a little more sense to perhaps keep an eye on them. Let me get this straight. You're looking for people to go protect that ruckus eyesore they're building? I most certainly am. The coin would be good. It better be. How much? Kind of glances you up and down. I, I look homeless. <laughs> <coughs> he he probably heard me say I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> Keep the highwaymen off the train from Chateau de Coyonnet to the southern AR camp. And there's 60 gold pieces in it for you. I have to ride it. Unless you want to try and keep up with it on horseback. 75. Make a persuasion check for me. <laughs> I'm not going on that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is persuasion? Yes. Get that bag, King. Who am I? Uh, 19. <laughs> 75 is fair. Deal. Right. What moniker should I call you? You can call me Bastille. And I assume this corner's where I'll find you? Here or in Rubbletown? Rubbletown? He said Rubbletown? He did. 
Okay. <laughs> I'll sense that my part of the conversation is done, so I'm done. He kind of uh, <laughs> head over to the train station this evening. They'll pick you up there. Who? You can't miss it. It's a big hissing steel beast on rails. Oh, the train will pick me up. I thought I was meeting someone. All right. <laughs> and then I'll uh, <coughs> walk back towards the exit, but there's just like a longing moment near the, near the glass case as I sort of pick out which one's in the $70 range. There are some beautiful, <laughs> beautiful Malacry uh, cigars in there that you could absolutely... You can probably get two or three of them at that at that range. There's almost like a little cartoon thought bubble that just is me sitting there with the cigar in my mouth on like a beach or something. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> and I just head out the door. All right. You make your way out the door. Uh, any specific destination in mind? You've right got, now? It's mid-morning. Yeah, I assumed it was. Um... Well, I'm going on a journey, and we're going into the fronts, so not going to be looking for food there. I'm going to go spend some time and try and gather some small fish, some game, get them all nice and salted, cured. Perfect. Uh, you know that the countryside, both to the east and west, on your way in, as you kind of scouted, is fairly ripe with game. Uh, mm -hmm. There'll also be plenty of um, like sage and other such kind of Hell natural yeah. herbs um available to you herbs. as well um so either direction is open to you if you want to do a little <laughs> uh i will i'll go to the river first you gotta be river. my first thing yeah okay. get some fish those will probably take longer perfect um you would know make a survival check for me uh also before i actually go there do i know if uh fishing with bows and arrows is allowed or do i need like a spear so i don't draw the attention of the guards <laughs> nobody's ever stopped you in Falinar. fuck yeah let's do it a survival check 16 a 16 uh as you kind of make your way back over the bridge uh and then hook kind of to the south downwards there is an acrid stain to the water near the munitions factory um that you know all too well to avoid uh, and you head upstream, which is actually Hell to the yeah. south a little bit, uh, towards kind of the farms. You find a small ford uh, kind of right here, uh, which looks fairly clear. Uh, the okay. pollution of the town not running in uh, too bad at all there. Okay. Probably do it off this side. Just start fishing in this area. Perfect. And you already rolled that survival, right? What was that again? 16. A 16. With a 16, are you just going to kind of spend the day fishing? Uh, yeah, fishing and then trying to catch small game, but Perfect. that's about it. Um, so the first little, if you like set some snares even before you begin fishing, I will say with a 16, you're set to get enough uh, like rabbits and um, some basically like some kind of rainbow colored trout where there's silvery scales that reflect the light in a way that almost has this sort of uh, green to red to pink to blue sort of hue to it. Um, nice. And you're able to get like three or four of those trout and about three rabbits by the evening. Um, Kill them all, cook them up. Perfect. Kind of smoke them a little <laughs> bit so there's a little bit of longevity to them. Yeah. Um, you set up a fire in the woods back there? Uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, probably not close to this guy's farm. Smart. Uh, I would probably <laughs> cross the river and do it like in this section so I'm not 
in danger of lighting anything on fire. <laughs> okay. You kind of enter these these very like almost golden rolling natural plains and find mm-hmm. a spot where it's the grass is a little shorter and has been pushed back and there's there's yeah. space there and you set up a little fire. Close enough to the water where if things get out of control, I can easily get access to water. Get to the water. Easy. I'm not going to cause a forest fire. <laughs> no one seems to take heed or issue with you camping and setting up on this side of the river here. Perhaps if you'd have been a little closer to the rail project or the walls, that would have been uh, more cause for alarm. But Perfect. Uh, then that's that's me. Tristan, you arrive at the town hall. Uh, this large circular structure with another building kind of two stories jutting off of it to one side. The circular structure erecting from the center of it, which is the circular structure itself is about two stories with these sloped red roofs. At the center of that then sprouts the bell tower uh, with this clock sitting at it. As you approach, you see facing the kind of main street here, an entry door uh, that is this large oaken stained dark door that hangs before you, two two panes. Um, uh, The words town hall in Shermondette uh, emblazoned along the top. I, I think uh, Tristan stops right right in front of the door and uh, just kind of goes, right, okay. Should be you, just... Uh, we're gonna be... We, we got this one. This is... Fate pushing in a direction. Alrighty, let's do this shit. And pulls the hat off, walks to the door, and uh, assumedly sees a desk or something. Uh, you walk in and realize that both stories and the... Um, entire interior of this circular structure is one massive hall. Um, At the center of this structure is a large round circular desk with a few attendants sitting at the center of it. But what immediately draws your eye and your ears is the ticking sound. As you glance up the second portion of this room hanging directly above the circular attendant's desk, There is a series of clockwork gears upon large iron struts that reach down to the floor of this large round room, almost like supporting pillars, but it supports the clockwork mechanism of the tower above you, and the gears are open, spinning above the heads of the attendants, clicking and whirring away, filling this room with the sound of machinery. Uh, Tristan definitely just, like, stands at the door for a minute just staring at it and his eyes are just darting through all the gears to see if he could figure out where all the pieces actually are working to do and he kind of Make I think he takes a second for me. okay <laughs> uh investigation buttons muted but you can see them on the closed caption and it's my favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> uh investigation I got a uh 21 21 um The machinery is an interesting combination of fine, fine, fine clockwork, tuned very precisely, but on a grand scale. Um, The small devices in your pocket match in intricacy to these, though it's been blown out 10, 20, 30 fold to create this. You're used to seeing machinery massive whirring gears, the scent of oil, large pistons and struts clanking rather than whirring. This is very intricate. The metal used to make this and operate this very fine brass, not sturdy, 
necessarily, or strong. It's not something you would throw out in the weather, but it is very fine. Uh, as Tristan, like, makes his way towards the desk, like, under his breath, he's muttering things like, perhaps was an interesting choice. I would pick anything else. I don't, I don't think that's a great idea. It's gonna break. And Oh, sorry. Hi. Um, uh, hello. Uh, How can I help you? Right. Uh, and uh, Tristan pulls his his uh, collar a little bit, and there is an ivory tusk pin. Uh, right. Uh, I was uh, sent to, uh, this direction uh, from a, from a, a benefactor. It sent me in this direction. Told me maybe I could get on the rail project or something along those lines. Uh, I see. Is this is. Uh... The sigil of oh, notes, 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 notes. <laughs> the Everbright family. You are connected yes. with them. Uh, y- yes, I, I'm Bartholomew Everbright, uh, if, if you will. Monsieur Bartholomew Everbright. Yes, uh, wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, great meeting them. Uh, but they sent me in this direction. Uh, hopefully trying to get a start. I'm, I'm a bit of an engineer, and he pulls out one of the little machines that he's built and puts it on the counter. You are looking for work on the rail? Uh, if, uh, if, that's, uh, if that's needed, I, uh, I'd, I'd love to help. Uh, sorry, this is uh, there's a lot happening in the room. No, 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 this is good. Um, um, the head engineer has been complaining um, they cannot get engineers to ride upon the train with the highwaymen. Um, it would be good to have somebody uh, with a skill set uh, d- to join. Yes, um, wonderful. Uh, uh, you, your you credentials are, are um, supported by the Everbright family. Yes, you have, have worked with uh, engineering before. No, but uh i design all this stuff and he puts out some more like like he's going for his like intricate designs and he's like yeah so i built this that was about a week ago uh i got bored when i was on my way here um i was (laughs) they uh, look like they have no idea what you are presenting them with uh they sit beneath this intricate massive machinery hanging from the ceiling it is not their forte they are a administrative clerk uh, in got, career got choice. Um, they say, um, I, I tell you what, uh, take a seat. Uh, the mayor and um, and chief engineer Rosalind um, uh, are to meet with uh, a few other folks uh, to ride along. Perhaps you can present your case and your credentials to them, yes? Oh, uh, yeah, that'd be that, that, uh, absolutely. Uh, just, uh, yeah. Uh, and I think... Uh, it's, Tristan makes his way over to like wherever a, a chair would be. Okay, there are there is nice seating, uh, very well made, sort of these felt done armchairs uh, and couches positioned around this large room. As you kind of glance around, the back half of this massive room is actually gated off by like a wooden sort of cordon, and beyond that, you see these large records sections um, where there are these shelves with these drawers to pull out. They look to be the town records. Um, to the east of this circular room, there are another set of large doors that you're fairly certain lead into that large two-story boxy wing that is off to the side of the town hall. Uh, but as you take a seat, two figures push through the main door of the t- town hall, garbed in full armor, both of them, 
One, a human, and another, a... You're fairly certain that is ASMR. Um, and we will go back to Button and Alec, Siegfried and Honey. Siegfried you guys... to the left. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go to uh, our uh, our friends. Are... You enter into this large round town hall room. Sig, you would have seen this before. This is the yeah. base of the clock tower, uh, the central offices of the town hall. Honey, however, this is your first time seeing this machinery, the likes of which you've only seen at the university. Very impressive. He's sort of yeah. He is like, and then the clock tower go there. They got shit back there that I don't know about. Nice person sit at the desk, say nice things to me like hello, how are hello, good hello, to see you. So how nice. are you, Siegfried? Uh, good, Siegfried. This is uh, this is Honey. They're my friend. Uh, friend? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're friends. Hello. Yeah. Hello, hello. You are here from the missive, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Uh, uh, take a seat over there. The mayor uh, is going to meet with you shortly. Uh, and they okay. point towards uh, a drowish figure uh, wearing this impressive blue coat and this white-brimmed hat uh, who is lounging upon an armchair. Okay. Um, sort of, Sigil, sort of, look at Honey. You good to sit down? Yeah. Okay. Josh, you said that there were records that were clearly visible from here? Yes. Are those public? Are they public? Uh, they are not, though you can put a request and a clerk can go with you to take a look for something specific if you need. Yes, please, very much. I'd like to make a request to look through the records. Oh, and I vouch for them fully, <laughs> so they have my support if that helps with anything. Oh, um, okay. Uh, she, like drops under and comes back up with this little stack of paperwork and says, I just fill this out uh, and push it across the table towards you. Okay. Um, Sigil look at the, the drowish figures sitting at the the uh... Hi there! I don't think I've ever seen you around town. Um, uh, 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 hi. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, new today in town. Sorry, I was... And, uh, yeah. In the time that you guys have walked in, he has two notebooks open and is on one on his left hand, he is drawing the way the uh, the gears are fitting together. And then his right, he's writing something down like in a, in a journal. And so he has two pens and he's like, ah, ah, puts it in one hand, <laughs> reaches his hand up, stands up. Ah, uh, Tristan, Vren, uh, nice to meet you. Siegfried, just Siegfried. Just said free, gotcha. Seems you're a bit of an overachiever. That's nice. Uh, what do you mean? You are writing in two separate notebooks with both of your hands. I, the word is I... ambidextrous. Thank you, honey. <laughs> yeah, ambidextrous. Thank you. Uh, this is, uh, honey, this is Tristan, oh, Tristan, uh, honey. Hi, Tristan, friend. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. I won't make you shake my hand because your hands are busy. Oh, uh, uh, sure. Uh, right, are you guys uh, working on the 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 rail line? I, I uh, yeah, we got the. Oh, they live long day. Yeah, good song. Um, like yeah, we got. I got the, the summons to uh, to talk to the mayor. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, I didn't get that. I just got into town like five minutes ago. I don't have a great perception on time right this second because it's been a trip getting here. But uh, 
Yeah, I might be working with you. I don't know. Oh. Are you guys engineers? Uh, possibly. Maybe. Uh... He sort of, uh, no. <laughs> no. Mm -mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, my yeah. proper kind of one, but I'm not. My... I'm done with this. Uh, they've <laughs> they give it back to the clerical worker. Okay, and what is Love the specific them. information you are looking for? She kind of begins flipping through and checking the paperwork. And what information for... have you written down here? But I'm Honey Petrovich. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Petrovich, Petrovich, Petrovich. Okay. Um, she turns and says, let me just take, check the uh, national record, uh, and then we will yep, confirm. Yep, father is uh, Peter, Piotr Petrovich. Piotr, okay. And our, let me just confirm on your information here that you're being... It's not. <laughs> you're doing it's a not lot. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> no. I want you to roll um, deception for me. God. <coughs> and I... Can you I don't have any spells. Fuck! <laughs> Oh, level and one it's a disadvantage, <laughs> so... Because oh, you're tired. <laughs> I am not going to roll above a 10 in this entire session. I'm sorry, you guys. Seven. No, don't apologize. Guidance? I don't have it. Um, she kind of turns and says, oh, Okay, I will I look for Petrovich. Uh, <coughs> and she turns back and goes to check the record of citizenry from Rougemont. Um, uh, not. Uh, and begins looking through. She that was not specified. This massive book and brings it over and slaps it down. Wow, I'm really stupid today. It almost like uh, <laughs> it's almost like the numbers against me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but guys, never start a campaign with somebody with exhaustion. It's not fair to them. Uh, <laughs> sorry, button. But uh, they begin to flip through. I'm looking and go. Um, Petrovich, Petrovich. Um. Are you... I do not have a record of uh, Peter Petrovich, you said, is that correct? Yep. Uh, in the national record, um, are you uh, of the Empire in Exile, perhaps? Yep. Make another <laughs> deception check for me. Oh, I love that. Would I have any, any inclination on how to help with this endeavor? It um, it's a bit of a hole that Knock something over. <laughs> they've <coughs> dug for themselves there in regards to like yes, their by being stupid. Their citizenry hasn't been asked for necessarily, but once like a formal record is submitted, they begin checking on those elements. What you do know is, um, both of you as know, is the question regarding the Empire in Exile alludes to the refugee crisis that has been occurring for nearly 200 years that has ravaged record keeping and there are a lot of issues with individuals not being recorded in their citizenry um so she kind of says um i cannot give you access to the records um with the name you have provided um i can look at uh, tracking down for you if you would like um 
your citizenry and she goes into the like the bureaucratic process of like trying to attempt to help without stepping on any landmines of uh assuming that you might be especially given the last name you've provided they look at her and they say i am separated from my papa so it is probably going to be difficult to find those and this is not a lie it's not a lie make a persuasion check for me with advantage with advantage so flat Well, <laughs> she kind of goes, oh, you poor thing. Um, uh, well, you are with your friend, uh, Mr. Siegfried. Um, he is a, a member of our community and I, I trust him. So I will, uh, I will uh, do my best to inquire about your papa. Uh, where, where did you, um, do you have any information on where he might be? No. Okay, well, um, once we have that squared away, um, perhaps we can get you set up uh, as a citizen um, and go from there, yes? Thank you so much for your help. It has been really great. Of course. Uh, and she kind of slips the paperwork back under the desk and goes to take the record back uh, behind the closed section of the records. don't have any way to access that. Do Thromaturd! Hey. Wait. I'm gonna wait until she's gone. From the record area. Okay, she just comes back to the circulation desk at the front here. So she went to the record, so that space so it's was a never large, empty. large hall held up with these, like, metal columns, but split down the front, there is one of those sort of keeping fences, those, like, ornate wooden fences, and on the back half, there are all of these records that are visible from the desk. All visible. Yeah, sorry. Cool. They sit down next to Tristan, just looking tired. Uh, do you want to shake hands now? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt what was going on, but... Thank you very much. It's nice to meet you. My name Honey. Honey, okay. I didn't know if that was like a term of endearment between you two. I didn't want to assume anything, so I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable. It's good to know that your name is Honey. I, sorry, I'm not great at meeting new people instantly. If you can't tell, I like that you. feels apparent. Yeah. Okay. Well. Sorry, that was mean well, on my it's part. Pretty I valid. It's pretty valid. Uh, but so if you're, yeah, you're from around around here, right? Yep. Uh, He'll kind of. We we both stay uh, in town here. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you are an engineer. Um. Yes. I don't know. I, my life has been kind of weird the past few years. I had a lot of plans that didn't go through, and some plans that did go through. And then I ended up here, and now I guess I'm an engineer because I build things. And he brings out some like uh, trinkets that he's built, um, and like kind of puts them on like the armrest of the chair, uh, and kind of winds a piece and it moves a little bit. Uh, but I, it's like, like a, it's like a, it, what is it? What do you mean it moves? Like, is it um, like, some sort of animatronic or? Uh, so the one that he that he would bring out looks like a little uh, seagull. Uh, he's he's built stuff like this before, but it looks like it's like a platform with wires going up, and there's a little seagull. And if he like puts a piece in motion, it looks like it's almost flapping its wings, and it has like a little bit of movement where the where the rods pull the body up and down, so it almost looks like a little flapping thing. This yeah, is I, so I, beautiful. 
Well, thank, thank you. Uh, I sold those for a while. Too long. I don't... It was a whole thing. Um, but I made my way here. Got a really awesome person that helped me out. Sent me in this direction. And then now I'm... Uh, apparently going to end up an engineer. Wasn't what I planned on. At all. Where did you come from? Oh, that's a long story. I've kind of... You don't have to... Talk Everyone. about it if you don't want to. Uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, I kind of travel. That's kind of my thing now, I guess. Really? I kind of go where fate takes me, and, and fate has decided that I don't get to stay in one spot, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's very rude of fate, and I'm very sorry. I, yeah. I've been thinking that for like months, but then I have to pick up and travel, so I don't get to say it. But, uh, hey, yeah, if no. you if you write some sort of memoir, it could be like Widdler's Travels. It could be something very fun like that. That's very cute. I would love to do that. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I have like the staying capacity to keep writing a memoir. And I, he like opens. I'm out. Hold book. on. You have been using both hands. Maybe mm -hmm. if you did like the different pages and like. Wrote at the same time, you could do like two pages at once and sort of do the, uh, you know, the uh, thing that the uh, production, right? Honey just sitting next to Tristan watching, after seeing a man write like this, still go like this, just looks at Tristan and goes, yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> this would confuse me. And I, I think Tristan at this point turns the notebook, which is like a sketch. It's the beginning layers of like a blueprint sketch of like, gears that are in the room with you guys and under it there is just scribbles upon lines of like what he thinks they work like flips to the next page and it's like a picture scribbles upon like it's not organized what he writes are we seeing the warforge sketches uh probably he would just kind of flip and just be like yeah this is kind of what i do but like where do you see that oh uh the iron that the fields you know just on the way into the iron field yeah yeah, I kind of, as I said, travel, fate, just kind of, and uh, now I'm here, being an engineer. And as you say not that, right I'm now. sorry. No, I would please. like to, I'm sorry, go, no, go, 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 they, go. not right now, but someday can we talk about what you've seen in the iron field? Yeah, sure, uh, that's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's like not that far, well. It is pretty far. I lied. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And as you say that, the door swings open. Um, and you see this <coughs> sort of very narrow, tall, mask-presenting figure with a very kind of long, hooked nose that kind of rides very close to the top of his lip. Slightly... Um, slightly elongated ears though not to the extent of even half elven lineage uh, and a very ostentatious and clearly unnatural powdered wig uh, that kind of falls down to his shoulders and he says uh, hello you are uh, here for the amity project yes please come 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 uh, this way this way so he'll stand and let uh, honey and Tristan walk first he'll take the rear as you guys kind of follow, he leads you into this fairly well-appointed hallway in the second wing over to the side. There are more wings that branch further, deeper into the complex, kind of leading north. And he says, 
It is uh, wonderful uh, that you are willing to help us with this endeavor. Uh, I will outline uh, everything that is going on, uh, and we can discuss uh, payment, of course. Uh, I hope you do not mind, but I did bring uh, the chief engineer. Uh, she is waiting for us uh, in my office. Uh, of course, uh, I forgot so rude of me. Uh, Mayor Edgar Suchet, uh, uh, Mr. Siegfried, it is good to see you again. Uh, good to see you. you. Are said to me or both of them. you oh ha huh, sorry uh tristan Varen, uh possible future engineer i don't know i oh. was sent back here so. oh, we will discuss your credentials <laughs> very good yep uh, and you i don't know if i belong here okay. I th they look at siegfried like i did not get summoned um, I tagged along with Siegfried. Uh, are you uh, a capable uh, adventuring sort? Yes, I've seen plenty of their skills so, on the road. You're I, exactly what we need. If I'm being presumptuous, please shut me up, honey. But uh, used to, from what I've seen, you're very capable. That's that's very kind. Yep, I'm that. Wonderful. Uh, this way, this way. Uh, and it, just a short walk leads you into this office where there is a second uh, individual standing, um, sort of pacing, uh, femme-presenting um, dwarven individual, um, very short silver hair that kind of cuts into a bob, a broad-shouldered, fairly kind of wide stance. Um, and they are missing a left arm. Uh, it has been replaced by a prosthetic. They're wearing quite elaborate-looking overalls, and you can see various pouches and tools hanging from their belt. Uh, as they kind of turn to look at the mayor and says, Ah, yes, this is the... you have brought them, huh? Uh, and the mayor says, uh, Yes, these are the individuals uh, that I have summoned, and this is uh, a person who came in acquiring uh, about the engineer position. Uh, and you see... Tristan, as this dwarven figure kind of turns her eyes on you and immediately begins looking you up and down. Um, she doesn't seem to say anything, but she eventually says, fair enough. Um, and says, then lead the way, um, Master Mayor. Uh, and the mayor kind of says, uh, yes. Um, so, we are finding ourselves in a bit of a problem. Uh, and the engineers of the Amity line and the corpse have uh, come to me uh, to provide aid. Uh, initially, their request was for soldiers, but of course, <laughs> we cannot send uh, armed forces into the demilitarized zone, uh, which leaves us at a bit of a conundrum. Uh... Company! <laughs> we all started. Yeah, nice, well done. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, fam. Uh, he kind of glances you over. What is happening is that there have been raids upon the Amity Line and surrounding fortifications. Any sort of caravan coming along the Anticon Loop uh, has also been attacked uh, by highwaymen um, operating in the Thousand Fronts, which is a death wish, if you ask me. We have not had to worry about it before. Uh, and the creatures that call it that place their home, well, <laughs> they do not uh, seem to be bothered with the train. Um, 
but unfortunately, these highwaymen are becoming a problem. Uh, and you kind of see as the engineer kind of is in the back, arms or arm crossed uh, with the prosthetic appendage and kind of nods uh, along with him. He says, uh, if you do not mind, uh, and he points towards a table where there is a map laid out. And that map is as follows. It is a very zoomed-in geographic map of the Thousand Fronts. Uh, to the southeast, down here, uh, you would see Chamondelet marked. Uh, and for those of you with bearing to locations you're familiar with, Optsimnevka uh, is up north across the open expanse of the Bay of Presh. Uh, San Bastis, or, uh, San Bastin, um, for you, Tristan, is further south of the bottom left-hand corner here. You came up on the southern side of the Anticon range, which is this mountain range in the very bottom here. Gotcha. He kind of points to the map, uh, to this blue line that indicates a rail line here and says, this here um, is the Amity Rail project coming from the south. Uh, but we have also had these highwaymen riding along the um, Anticon Northern Loop here, causing a lot of problems for supply chains coming via um, convoy that direction. Um, that being said, obviously our priority is the train line, which needs to bring supplies up to the AR camp uh, up here along the river. Um, that being said, we cannot send forces, even uh, mercenaries um, encroach the directives of the Accord, but that means that the best I can do is hire independent adventuring contractors to ride along. Uh, which uh, I immediately, of course, thought of uh, Mr. Siegfried, who knows the territory well uh, and has worked in that space before. Um, I would be remiss, um, Mr. Tristan, I did not expect you, uh, nor you, uh, honey. It is good to see, uh, Tristan, that you have folks you are familiar with who can aid you in this venture. If you are interested, um, we, of course, would pay good coin. Uh, right. Uh, I was kind of told at the desk about engineering being needed, riding on the train. Uh, yes, you I are an engineer. Uh, the dwarf kind of walks up. Uh, where did you study? Uh, I didn't technically study engineering. I studied uh, wizardry. Um uh, but I got a knack for designing and he pulls out the little seagull again and sets it in front of them. She looks like she's about to ask you where you studied wizardry and then stops as the little ornate um, <coughs> construct uh, kind of comes out and she's, do you mind if I uh, take a look? Absolutely. Uh, she kind Go of ahead. picks it up and kind of turns it and looks and says, this is interesting. Have you worked with larger machinery? Uh, no. I gotta be honest. Nope. Um. But uh, I do, and he pulls the the collar back again. I, I did come uh, 
from Everbright sent me this way saying Everbright okay he says one of them Taltian trade people uh, and the mayor kind of like uh, looks yes yes and um, we have heard of the, the Everbright family that is quite prestigious uh, we would not uh, admonish their name uh, in front mm. of one of their uh, their representatives now would we chief engineer uh, and she goes of course not um I will, I would like Siegfried and Siegfried, make a history check. No, an insight check for me. Insight? Yeah. (laughs) No. Um, insight. Oh, 14. The accent is distinct. And honey, you would pick up this immediately of your own accord. This is a Norkai dwarf. I don't speak Norkai. You've exp- I apologize. You've experienced some of them at, at the institute, though, correct? Um, I experienced Korhazi. Korha- I take it all That's back. I'm have. so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All of these things. Uh, then you would be able to place a Norkai accent, uh, Sig, based on your history. Um, these are the great engineers of ether. Um, it's good to know. So, you are an um, engineer, you say? Uh, hopeful to be one, at least. Uh, I was sent this way after uh, running into the Everbrights that sent me this way. And so, uh, let's... Uh, we can use him on the hope train. I she kind of leans in and doesn't keep her voice down uh, as she kind of whispers to the mayor and he says, um, certainly, uh, yes, all hands would be helpful. And she says, mm, yes, uh, and uh, the conductor can use your help. Uh, she can show you around. Uh, perhaps if you prove yourself uh, able to work with the train, then uh, we will consider you as actual engineer. Right. Gotcha. Did we catch the shady look she gave Tristan upon seeing him? Uh, I'm going to say scrutinizing, but yes. Not necessarily shady, but definitely scrutinizing. Um, Sig with the 14, the Korhaz, or excuse me, the Norkai, believe themselves to be the masters of all Aether engineering in any way, shape, or form and tend to kind of scoff at the other schools uh, and universities and institutes across northern Antar. So so that look was made quite apparent. Yeah, the... she's not trying to conceal it, and unfortunately, history tends to back their perspective mm-hmm. regarding it. But a lot of the time, because they guard those secrets very closely. I mean, maybe allow him to prove you wrong. That is the point, yes. He'll ride on the train, and if he proves himself worth. I just think it's a good reminder to keep in uh, the dome. Okay. And he smiles and looks up at the mayor and then the individual. It would be pretty presumptuous to try and assess intellectual merit by looking at the person's appearance. I'm sure the Everbrights might agree. You see, as immediately the mayor is like, this is quite right. Uh, Thank you. That is (laughs) absolutely right. Uh, You don't feel like the the Norkai dwarf, it even registers as something. There is 
just way too much pride radiating from this individual. Uh, but the weight of the statement that comes from you, honey, absolutely is like a kidney blow to the mayor who's like, absolutely, again, I think we would be honored to so have... So maybe he could, instead of just working with the conductor, also immediately start, I don't know, maybe um, studying tutelage under this very impressive person. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now, would you like to check the joke or not? Uh, and there is sort of a uh, pause immediately after that, uh, as this dwarf kind of sits there. Uh, I, I believe that we should probably uh, discuss compensation if you are willing to consider the job um, uh, on the contract. Um, he'll look at Sigwell, look at Tristan, honey. Are you okay with that? I'm not going to pull you some into something you don't want to do. I would like to know about these highwaymen. As do I. This is a good Sorry. question. Um, they are striking at the spots where the train has to slow to come around corners from horseback. Uh, it is much easier for them to raid the rails, but they are uncannily able to identify when the train is traveling despite us attempting to keep it uh, a secret it is loud but the distance they would have to travel to find it uh, we are uncertain have you, have you any, had you any i was um, just going to say have you had any new hires here no i am afraid not at, at the offices um but there are many people who come out of of the town who could see? I I do not know. Um, uh, do you ever think about maybe it's the ether tech itself? In a sense, it's magic. You can sense magic. Most people. It is a possibility. Um, regardless... He's staring daggers at the yeah. at the engineer. His eyes. I think everybody else could probably see this. His eyes have not left the engineer, and he's just staring at them like, "Yeah, I know my fucking shit. Like, let's go." <laughs> like. She uh, is completely unfazed, having yeah. been presented with no formal credentials uh, and just the word of three people. She's like, it means nothing to her. Uh, as she kind of Fruit stands there, uh, just staring back at you, almost blank. Uh, he says, it is certainly a possibility. Whatever the case is, they are pinpointing the train quite readily. Um, and it has cost the supplies. Interestingly, they do not damage the construct, um, but they do take a considerable amount of wares uh, intended to help us finish the project uh, off with them. Uh, we are uncertain where they are going. If you are able to find their camp and how they are traveling, that is certainly invaluable to us. Well, I'm... I'm happy to sit on the rail and see if we can help. If I can help, I'm not going to speak for everybody else. I would be willing to help if I could take a look at your records. Uh, make a persuasion check. <coughs> With, you know what? Can I assist? You can assist, I will say. The uh, do I roll again? Yeah, make, go ahead and for... make a roll, two rolls. The records feels like the the least that you could do for payment. Then, I think that is something that we can arrange upon your return. Yes. Thank you. So. Well, I'm ready for the adventure. I just expect an engineering spot for me when I get back. How about that? 
you kind of see um, the mayor look over to this dwarven figure who says, <laughs> uh, We will find you a place in the rail yard for certain, um, if that is what you still wish. Uh, what about payment for these two? Like any job I do for you, half of that goes to Zephyr. Of course, of course. And uh, we were looking uh, to compensate based on number of heads available. Um, we would put it at 40 gold pieces per person. Make it 50 for them, I'll take 20. The numbers don't change, so there's a pause. Yeah, kind of says, uh, absolutely, yes, that is fine. Um, we will just say uh, a lump sum of 120. Good. I'm okay with that if you all are. Fine by me. Very good. Uh, you will all be uh, at the station this evening to join the train. Uh, the conductor's name is... Um, sorry, guys. Uh, Wildeberg Ebner. I'm so sorry. Wildeberg Ebner? Wildeberg Ebner. <laughs> Wildeberg yes, Ebner. Sorry, I'm an ass. Uh, Wildeberg Ebner. If you say it maybe seven more times with that accent, I might get it. Wildeberg Ebner. Oh, I got it that time, actually. Yeah. Very good. Um... We will make sure that the, the train is supplied and loaded up uh, for your arrival. Um, it is a little over a day um, on the train to get to the southern end of the line. Um, so it should be fairly easily traveled. Um, and Until the highwaymen show up. Uh, this is uh, the problem, yes. Relative, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, you see the mayor kind of steps forward uh, and does go to shake each of your hands if you're willing. Uh, thank you. I cannot uh, tell you how much this is uh, meaning to me, Siegfried. I appreciate it, and you have brought these companions. Um, I have uh, some more business to attend to uh, with the chief Can you engineer. Tell us before uh, you talk to the chief engineer, maybe the numbers that you are seeing these highwaymen arrive uh, in, what weapons mm. they use, no, uh, so that they, we can make them stop. Of course. Um, and you see the engineer again kind of steps in and says the numbers being reported uh, are between uh, eight and nine individuals uh, mostly using long rifles uh, they ride up upon the train and again we are not heavily equipped for uh, facing down that sort of quick strike nine to ten men with quick rifles Okay. They killed anybody? There have been uh, one or two lives lost in the conflict. Um, that is why my engineers will not ride along with the train. The only person who will go is the conductor. Is there any sort of security for this conductor, or is that on our to-do list as well? That is on your to-do list. Okay. Make an insight check. Um. Uh, 
15. 15. Insert, yeah, 15. I'm sorry. The first expression of emotion beyond condescension uh, with this figure uh, that flickers across their face at the mention of protecting the conductor, uh, you actually see worry. And this is all the information you think that is necessary for us. I ask that you protect the train and the conductor the best you can. What's the name of the conductor? Uh, that is uh, Conductor Waldeberg Ebner. Okay. The resources they take from the train, are they like... Is it paper? Is it something else? Uh, foodstuffs, uh, construction materials for the rail line. Um, and uh, quite a few crates uh, carrying various tools uh, and pieces of machinery uh, for the completion of the rail project. Okay. Um, thank, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you both. Uh, I must conclude some business with the chief engineer, uh, but all three of you are much appreciated. Uh, and there is like a slight look of distress at the concept of continuing this conversation with this yeah. very antagonistic individual. Uh, <laughs> as he kind of shows you out of his office. Uh, and you are left with the rest of the day ahead of you. Uh, Tristan, you want some bread? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Honey, would you like more bread? That sounds nice. Okay. Well, let's, let's eat heartily and uh, rest as much as we can before we have to make the train. Siegfried, are there any temples in this town? Josh, are there any temples in this town? Um, there, <laughs> There's a big church on the hill. There is a big... I'm asking if... Sorry. Many. Um, yes. So no. there is the one cathedral. It is the Cathedral of San Collier. However, Siegfried, you would know that San Collier is like the established primary religion of the people, or deity of the people of Rougemont. However, there is an organization called the Temple Host, um, who often has their own temple that represents any other deific figures of worship across the nation. Uh, it's a fairly economic approach to managing religion. In the town of Chateau de Coyenne, the temple host actually leverages the Cathedral de saint Collier. Um, there was a period in this nation's history where there was solely... Coulier worshipped, and many of the other deities brought in were brought in after the fact. Um, mm. And they've never established enough of a foothold for them to erect permanent structures in towns such as this one. Um, which means a lot of them essentially rent space from the, sure. Church, of San, the Church of San Coulier. Uh, does the temple host that might have a space, if that's what you're looking for, I can take you after we eat? That would be great, thank you very much. Tristan, you are more than welcome to come if you like. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. I think I, I think it's pretty evident, but Tristan is, after being in there, kind of deflated after what he just said in there. Uh, and it's just kind of... Hey, she was that. a real bitch. Right. I, I, I didn't want to <laughs> say... I was about to say it to her face, but I felt like that would have been a little too rude. But, like, you know, like, 
You did demand a job, which was also kind of rude, but I get where you were coming from. Well, I was told that that I, I would I, have a job, so I, I get came it. to I this direction yeah. over the last, yeah. like, I don't know, a few weeks. Sorry. She it's... looked you up and down and made her decision before you said anything, so I don't oh, I... really think that she has a leg to stand on. Yeah. Well, oh, I know. Trust um, me. Let's uh let's go relax a bit and Sigil kind of walk them back to, to Zephyr's place. Okay. Um have guests. <laughs> you are able to acquire lunch uh with Zephyr. Um and as you kind of set in, Gendry's still uh hunting drying fish. We will take our break.
Uh, when we left off, our party was kind of scattered a little bit. Three individuals just having lunch after picking up a possible contract to travel north with the Amity Rail Project to provide protection. Our other friend, Gendry the Dwarf, having acquired similar work through a little more shadier means, now heading off to procure supplies in the backcountry around the town of Chateau de Coyenet. And so we return to our group of three, uh, I believe, who had some objectives for the afternoon. What do you guys plan on doing, my friends? I want to throw something really quick. At the lunch, Tristan would have taken off the jacket, and you would have seen from his thumbs there are little wispy tattoos that wrap up his arms, which are just lines that go all around his body. Um, and then all on around? his right shoulder... <laughs> yes. Uh, and then on his right shoulder, there is uh, what looks like a double moon uh, symbol um, that just is tattooed on his shoulder. Uh, but he usually is wearing something, so you don't get to see that often, but I wanted to just throw that to you guys so you guys would see those designs. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. They're ink really pretty. Oh, ah, uh, thanks. It's family crest and uh, just some fun stuff I wanted to get done. And they're just lines? It's not lines of text? Oh, uh, no, it's yeah, it's just lines that go from his thumbs, which he has two rings on, so, like, it goes from around where the rings are all the way and wraps and looks almost like smoke wrapping around, but they're just thin lines whispering across his arms. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, thanks. Uh... I don't. I don't want to drag you guys along to a church. It's not really my scene, but I. Uh, I like to go though. You're not but I don't dragging. Want to make you go to church. I don't mind. I'm gonna be a hundred with you right now. I know three people in this town, and you are two of them. So. I, I would love uh, to get a tour or a little bit of knowledge on the town, so I'm perfectly fine going. I can, sh I can point out some things on the way, but I would love to accompany you. Okie dokie. So we're heading to the temple. Is there anything else folks want to do with their afternoon? Just to check. Um, I think Sig would just check in with Zephyr. Just to let him um, it out. Yeah, this is fairly normal. Yeah, yeah, normal thing, and letting him know that half of the money will be coming his way. Very kind of you, as always. Thank you, Madame. Sure. Yeah, we'll see you later. Stay safe. Good luck out there. <coughs> as you kind of head away. Yeah, yeah. And towards the Temple of Saint Collier. Yep. Okay, you make your way. Uh, we'll jump over to. Oh my god, I need to be in the right... Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> Too many tabs. Other map. This Too many map. tabs. Too many tabs. We're going to back over here. Pachow. Um, as you kind of make your way through town, passing the munitions factory, the town hall once again, you find yourself in this large square. It's got two fountains, and then these trees, again, festooned in gold, and, or the gold of fall, uh, running down the middle of the town. Uh, as you kind of walk beneath them, making your way up this broad avenue towards this towering cathedral with a gleaming metallic roof and these intense crenellations, a, a impressive building in and of itself. It is easily recognizable with the upturned palms 
of St. Collier that hold the sun. And again, it's that multi-pointed sun that is actually a part of the Rouge Mont crest that you see in the heraldry of this deific figure. And you can see these emblazoned all over the place. There are also many celestial figures, these leaning angelic figures with these sweeping wings, humanoid and elven in structure, kind of gazing down as you approach this grandiose structure. Didn't this guy lead the crusade or something? Yep. Gross. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you try and walk in. <laughs> He'll just kind of say, we're not here for him. No. So, you make your way in, uh, and there is sort of this small front room uh, where you can leave, like, personal belongings and such, if you see so fit. Uh, and then you step into the cathedral proper. Uh, it is this long lengthy narthex with pews that run up to this great font near the end with two wings kind of jettisoning off to the left and right uh as you look um and make your way kind of downwards there are a few folks practicing worship and you can see figures in clerical robes milling about with little incense holders uh kind of wafting through the air filling that scent into the space there is a slight smokiness at the far end you see this massive glass window that has the upturned palms and the hands uh, holding the sun uh, emblazoned in it with various stoic-looking figures in pictured or pictured not very well. Uh, stained glass doesn't exactly do facial detail quite well, but these various figures that have defining features of one holding a great sword, one with a radiant sort of halo around their head, another with angelic wings positioned all over the stained glass. And as you make your way down and look to the left and right, you actually see these other um, pews faced away towards the end of these left and rights. And there you see a lot of accoutrements of other fairly regularly worshipped deific figures um, positioned. Um, you also see clergy in different emblazonings and representations um, making their way about in various forms of worship. All of them quiet and somber, but distinct from one another. Um, do there seem like... Do any of these um, pews facing outward seem to be facing the Lord of the Brands? Uh, make a religion check for me. Natural one. Um, as you're looking around... On a natural one. Son of a bitch. Um, we're off to a... The other one was okay. I don't know what, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, uh, I mean, sometimes dice be dice, right, guys? Um, as you're looking around, there are quite a few different um, identifiers and iconographies. Uh, and it takes you some time. Um, but eventually, you see a... In one corner, just kind of sitting a figure with this sort of flame-shaped brand uh, emblazoned on the back of this tabard, a hood up, um, that references what you know in the letter to have been the iconography Sig was told to look for. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Uh, Miss Mix... <coughs> Excuse me? Hey, hello, 
and this figure kind of turns to look at you uh, and is a fairly small human mask presenting individual it kind of pushes the hood back a little bit and says, hi hello how can i help you hi there i'm very sorry do you worship Deira, lord of the brands i Deira, yeah Deira. um and you know a little bit of uh Berelia and a little bit of uh amber grip you know <laughs> all of the heat guys yeah why keep yourself to one right <laughs> That's that's fair. No. Um, uh, what what can I do for you? Um, does Dera have a certain way that they like to be paid to? Dera, you're new to this, then, huh? And it kind of glances up and down a little bit. Says, uh, "Take a seat. Take a seat." Okay. They sit. Very much like, I, I think it's obvious that they're not only unused to this, but also find the space a little distasteful. That's fair. Uh, there is a sort of a a recognition of that from this figure. Um, if you're not trying to obscure it, correct? You're just like openly wearing that. Yeah. Okay. They don't seem to be offended by it. In fact, there is a pause and almost an appreciation for it. Um, what do you make of this, uh, this year cathedral? I think it is a testament to hubris. <laughs> As a lot of things are, that's right. Um, but people are going to worship how they worship, right? Certain gods want certain things and all of that. But if you're asking about Deira, it's not. They appreciate the creation of something beautiful. But it's not about them or creating something like this for them. It's about the process of getting there. Deira's the. The Lord of Brands, contracts, so to speak, immortalized in frame, flame. All of this flashy nonsense doesn't mean too much to them. They care for a more permanent mark left behind, an imprint. That's elegant in its own way, and something of beauty, don't you think? Yeah, I think legacy is a good thing to want. Hey. Who are there? Are there famous worshippers of Dera who did it right? <laughs> Dera is an old, old god. Kind of aligns with Itdar, you know. Creatures from the plains beyond. Not a god that traditionally belongs to our world. Figures who did it right. 
I can't rightly say. There's no great history or story behind Deira's followers. At least not one that I know of. They tend to be people who want to get things done and don't care much for the heraldry. I respect that. I guess you could consider some of the other uh, plainer deities of this world to be folks who eventually did it right. Bruver and Ambergrip, Borelia, two folks I mentioned. They were figures from our history. They ascended, just like their Saint Culliard did. Did Saint Culliard do it right? He did, um. He did the world a favour at the time, or so the tales go. Though I don't know that he thinks much of, uh, or would think much of what it's all become, eh? Why is that? What do you know of Collier's tale? It's rare you find somebody in these parts that uh, cares to hear it. They've heard it all before. Josh. I know, I believe, I want to triple check, I don't want to, should I just, do you want me to roll for it? I don't know. What do you think you know? Go ahead. Um, this is thousands of years in the past, but he led a crusade, I believe, into the Underdark? Uh, so, what you would know is, at three about 3,000 years ago, um, it was not the Underdark. Um, it was against the forces that dominated all of northern and southern Ittar. A imperial ascendancy of figures who worshipped dark gods. Um, <coughs> the ancestors of whom would become the humans. Though in that time they were not known as the humans and their connections to the arcane were entirely different. Um, compelled to do great evil, Collier was the first Asimar, um, supposedly raised to fight back these forces, and as the mythos goes, liberate all of both northern and southern Ittar. His legacy skews after his ascendancy with the creation of Chermondelet Citadel, the great celestial city that would eventually become the capital of Rougemont, though Rougemont is far newer than Chermondelet. The war is so distinctly and profoundly a part of this two continents makeup that Culliar is prolific in that regard, whether he is worshipped or not. His crusades spanned not only liberating northern Itdar, which includes 
current day Vegercastle, Falanach, Rougemont, but it spans across the Baronies, across Mel Acre, across the Ivory Holds, all the way down to the City of the Gate. The first encounter with the Tieflings occurred through Collier's Crusade, benchmarks where communities and races never before encountered were broached by that conflict. And so there is, unfortunately, an almost glorification of it as a means to unification. Though anybody know who knows anything of the current geopolitics would know that that is not actually the case. It is how the world encountered each other. Down to the way in which the tieflings speak the common tongue. Their accents are distinctly Shermondet, despite being almost two months sailing geographically, because the forces of Saint Colliar, primarily of Shermondelet Citadel, were the first of the people of northern Itdar that they encountered. It's the... very much like colonialization. Now the elements of colonialization are a little different in that there was no imposed societal or cultural changes. Collier, when he was done with his business, retreated and demanded that no one remain behind outside of those who were asked to do so. It wasn't a colonization. It was, in that tense, a liberation. However, that legacy is not that cut and dry. But it was not an establishment of sovereignty on those grounds. Because that is an important clarification and a very good question. And these are things that would have been basic theology taught in your time in the university. <coughs> so just make something well and... Be careful in the making of it. Hey. That is what I do for Dara. Make a lasting imprint. And be cognizant of the marks you choose to make. A brand can mark great works, but it can also sear the flesh. very much. What is your name? I'm, uh, Gatsby. Gatsby. Thank you, Gatsby. And they make a mental note to make something for this man by the time they come back. Okay. Uh, he kind of gives you a little nod. Anything else I can be of <coughs> assistance for? And the cough is canon because Josh is dying. I'm so sorry, Josh. Did <laughs> Sig and Tristan have heard that whole talk. It wasn't meant to be covered, right? But yeah, no, they're they're they dragged you guys with them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you mentioned uh, a different god, uh, Edor. Uh, any worshippers around here, or? Oh, I, I 
<laughs> that makes sense. Um, for sure. Uh, kind of nods like, yeah, obviously I didn't. He kind of looks around uh, and goes, ah, over there. Uh, and he is pointing to a very tall, hooking uh, furbolg figure. Uh, who you do see has the sickle moon emblazoned in gold on one shoulder with the grasping hands along the base of it. Uh, Tristan uh, looks at his, his two friends. Uh, do you mind if I... You're welcome to come with. I'm, I was just going to pop over for a moment. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. They do uh, follow him. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, it's just kind of trailing Sully behind. As you approach this Furbolg figure, he's sitting at a dais, and you see that there are these softly glowing stones that he seems to be arranging, and then he'll pause and glance at them, and then rearrange them. And as you look, there are four stones, and the plate itself is sort of this circle. Kind of turns. <laughs> Hello. Uh, uh, Hi. How can I help how you? How you doing? Uh, just... Uh, and Justin pulls the the jacket to show his the double moon symbol oh. uh, from his family crest. A fellow worship I, of Ador. Yeah. Uh, wanted to say hello, pay my respects. Uh, hope you're doing all right. I know it's uh, far from home. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh but yeah, I just wanted to pay my respects quickly. Uh, Please. Uh, I'm just charting the moons right now. Oh, uh, that's... Uh, I, I'm i not good at that, but uh, I appreciate your work. I just wanted to say that. And uh, Of course. I, if I return in the next few days, I'll definitely be paying some more tribute. Oh, uh, wonderful. Uh, always appreciated. Um, uh, may I ask your name? Uh, Tristan, sorry, Tristan Varen. Tristan Varen, a pleasure. Uh, I'm D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan, uh, wonderful to meet you. Uh, pleasure is mine. Please, um, take all the time you need. Uh, I can step away if you'd like. Oh, no, it, it's fine. And uh, I think you all just see Tristan kind of stop for a second and just kind of close his eyes. And, like, I think also this is the first time Tristan has been still. Uh... He is constantly doing something, and this is the first time he is, like, still. Uh, and just takes a few moments, and uh, just, thank you. Uh, I'll let you get back to your chart. Uh, have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Of course, you too. Uh, and you see as he turns back to this big silver disc uh, that has four glowing stones on it. Uh, semblant of the four moons worshipped in this pantheon, right. though contemporary knowledge assumes three. You're charting the moons? Yes. Yes, uh, I, I am. What is the fourth one for? The fourth moon is either. The lost moon. Where is it right now? Somewhere in the underdark, we believe. Is it always down there? So the story goes... It was lost in a great cataclysm. It granted itself to the drow when they fled into the Underdark to grant them warmth and access to the arcane in the deeps. But 
Well, that was long, long ago. Is it, it is okay being stuck there? Well, you know, people have done their best to try and find it. As recent as about 200 years ago, we came quite close. Now, what was it? 4,000. Right about when the Undergators opened. Shortly before. There's a big smile on Tristan's face at the mention of people going after the moon. Do you want to go out to the moon? You are just smiling really big. And for a second, you, like, turned off for the first time and stopped moving, which was new behavior Sorry, from you. So it seemed like you're thinking really hard about this. I... Huh, I, I didn't even realize... Tristan's hands are in his pocket, actively moving something as he's saying that. <laughs> he's stimming, yeah. Oh yeah, 100% he's stimming. Um, right, uh, no, uh, my, my, uh, grandpa used to, uh, be one of the adventurers going after the moon. Um. Wow. Nador, specifically, that's what he was going after. But, it, it's a long story, uh, but... Uh, yeah, I just kind of always looked up to him, thought he was a cool, cool individual, did some cool stuff. There's sort of uh, this acknowledging nod and a smile from D'Artagnan. Sort of, well, may there be light ever in the depths. Same to you. I don't know how to respond to that. I never have, even when I was a and kid. With and also spirit. with you. No. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't... I, I, I hope I hope you can see in the dark too. Like I don't, you know what I mean. Like I feel like we need a different. I don't know, but uh, wonderful to meet you. May there always be light in the depths to you. I, sorry, I'm. You are fine, Tristan. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, please. Thank you. Don't I be appreciate. a stranger. You are certainly welcome to. I, I will definitely visit again. Um, do we have any other places to head to, or? We don't have to roleplay it. I'm really sorry for how long this is taking. They're just, I just want to pick up and purchase blacksmithing tools somewhere. I don't oh, wanna... of course. There is, uh, with a little asking around, um, a store called... <laughs> That's what it's called. No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is a tonal language. It's really interesting. Uh, there is the Twin Hills General Store. Um, it is Hill. located uh, near... Actually, on your way to the train station, almost exactly. Um right out over here along the edge of the, the wall. Um, that You kind of get guidance in that direction. Uh, and as okay. you approach and kind of push the door open, uh, you are greeted by two gnomes who are completely identical to one another. Uh, and they kind of glance up and in unison uh, say, Welcome. It's a pleasure to meet you. Welcome to Twin Hills General Store. How can I help you? How did you do that? Very clever. What? They say in unison. That's may I, may I, may I please purchase uh, blacksmithing tools? Uh, yes, of course. I have one moment. Uh, <coughs> and they kind of, is there any specifics you have or requirements? And everything is done in unison. Sig is deeply uncomfortable in this place and has been since he moved here. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> this. I hate this. God, there, I mean. This is also very uncomfortable. It's just like, 
There, there, it's a sea of discomfort. <laughs> but only one person needs things here, and they feel they look back at both of you. I'm really sorry. Okay, so, um, I will need a hammer, and then I will need, um, I will need the tongs. Uh, there are different kinds of chisels, but kind of, you know, we'll see what you have. Um, not really like a portable vice, probably not. Never mind. And then. Um, I'm looking for, like, a crucible and riffs. They, they just spout off a list. It's just what they need for the black basic things. Very yeah. good. Uh, and you see one of the two twins uh, turns and goes to the right. And as you follow him, you glance back where the other one was standing and he's gone. And Siegfried, as you look to your right, he's standing, like, right next to your leg, just kind of looking up at you. How can I help you? Yeah. Oh! Oh! Hello. <laughs> Hi. Oh. Welcome to Twin Hills General Store. You did that already. Enough. I don't need to hear. My name is Toppet. That is yes, Floppet. Uh, and you see as now the <coughs> tools are being dropped in this big, like, leather rolling folding bag onto the counter. Like, this sort of thing that can be fastened around the waist. That would be five gold. Does that mean five Thaltine marks? Or does it mean... <coughs> it would also... be uh, Rougemont. They translation I... of those currencies because they're all Eowind is fairly close. And what about Castellian gold? Castellian, the price would be a little bit more. Uh, all given with conversion, they're probably going to ask about six gold pieces. Um, just because it sounds like they're cool with the conversions and they don't know if other places will be, they do pay the six uh, Castellian. Thank you very much, they say in Thank complete you. unison. Well. The one that was next to you, Sig, is now back by the counter. You didn't see them. Yet. Oh, they fuck. Okay. So, yeah, we got to go. Uh, thank you, every. Honey, thank you so much. You needed? That's all I needed. I want to go. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> goodbye. Is that like a three. thing? That's <laughs> not normal. Sig is like linking his arms with theirs. He's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Okay. I don't know what's happening. Sig, yeah. glance to your left. There's a small window, and there are two pairs of, of gnome eyes I peeking over, it. watching you guys go. He looks back. I'll fucking end you. <laughs> the fuck was. Why are they waving? He waves. <laughs> Wait, why are you waving? Don't wave back. That's like I'm an invitation to say, come join us. Like I'm that. posturing. I, okay, shit. You didn't have to be good? Sorry, sorry. Yes. No, all right. It's all, uh, it's, uh, it's make good. an insight check for me there, uh, Tristan. And I imagine at this point we're heading toward the train station. Just yes. You are now making clear. your way out of the eastern gaze down towards the train station. The eastern gaze? You said insight? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, that is an eight. An eight? Oh. Okay, you're good. Am I rolling deception? This is, you're not even deception. You just sometimes code switch pretty hard. Uh, and make, yeah. Tristan's not really paying attention. Uh, He's seems... got enough going on and those yeah, guys were weird. Yeah. Tristan's like, I've, I've seen everything. This isn't shocking to me if I'm being honest. Adam, it is like, session one. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that tells you that. It is session one. <laughs> what are you talking about? You've seen it all as we are. <laughs> I've seen a lot. Skip. Josh knows what I'm referring to. I've seen a lot. He's anyway. So, I've traveled a lot. As you make your way down towards the train, Gendry, you have been sitting very patiently, uh, but also fishing and trapping. Is there anything yeah. else? Any other 
things you'd like to touch upon before you head over. The sun's starting to lower itself in the sky, uh, and you do see now as the first of the three moons begins to peak up over the horizon. Uh, now I'm good. Okay. I got all my stuff done. Then as the sun begins to lower, uh, you begin to make your way towards the station. Fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think you would have headed over there before? How, how, how in a hurry are you? Are you, or are you dragging your feet over there? This I'm is solely to determine who gets there first. I'll probably hear it approaching. So until that happens, I don't need to rush. You wouldn't actually hear it approaching. The steam train? Interestingly, yes. Yikes. Okay. Then I don't know that. I wait until I hear it. And I slowly drag my feet. The <laughs> Eventually, it is getting close to dark. Um, and you still haven't heard this, whatever you're listening for, the sound of this construct. <laughs> and I will remind you, the concept of a steam train, you're making, I would assume you're making connections to like other steam industry, like cranks and things like that. But there is no such thing as a train, uh, to your knowledge. This is a, an yeah. entirely new. Okay, cool, cool. But I assume something that large. Would make a lot of noise. Perfect. Would make a lot of noise. Awesome. It you so eventually it, it the sun begins to set uh, mm-hmm. and the train has yet to make any noise yeah i'm heading in that direction okay, gotcha. but i'm not rush, rushing or anything beautiful beautiful uh then our first group to get there would be the other three um as you make your way out of the eastern gate this is fairly heavily guarded and there aren't a lot of people coming in and out of this gate um as you exit the gate you sit up slightly on the edge of the hill here and are greeted by a large wooden platform um a small wood or uh, excuse me slate roof this red slate roof sits kind of nestled against the front of the platform with these windows in it uh there appears to be a figure sitting behind those windows beyond that the wooden platform has these coverings that seem to be simple rain awnings to the south there is a large yard with a series of machine-like machine-like cranes cranes they are machines uh positioned along what is a series of these sort of wooden slats and atop those wooden slats is this beautiful burnished silver metal that as the light is beginning to drop it reflects refracts the light slightly and there is an almost blue glint to it that you wouldn't see on normal steel But what dominates your view is sitting along this rail right at the platform. And you do see a few here along the edge of the platform guards. This isn't yet accessible to the public. You see what can only be described as a lengthy series of extended carriages akin to what you might see drawn by a horse. However, these are 15 times the length and width of a carriage and at the very front of this is this massive cylindrical machine with these long runs of wrought iron and that whole surface floats that entire long serpentine metallic series of carriages hovers on these massive slightly inverted plates that sit at an angle made of again this strange silverly silvery metal that crackles slightly this arcane bluish glow and seems to hold it elevated ever so slightly above the rail that seems to act as some sort of 
conductor or magnetic um, levitation. And I actually do have a map for you guys so you can get a sort of idea. Tristan's 100% sketching as they walk up. So what This is a modern marvel. Sorry. Sorry. No, 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 go on. No, that's just, they're just, honey is staring at this in awe. Because I, I mean, this is the first of its kind that they know of, correct? That is absolutely correct. It is not even touching the ground, but it's obviously very heavy and did not like an airship because it not. This is very. Incredible. Tristan says no words, thinks he's responded. God bless him. Fully in the. You glance down at this strange tube. You can see there is a covered carriage closest to the large means of conveyance at the front. And then there are two long, um, like, stowage, um, flatbed carriages where you can see now a few workers are loading crates onto these, off of these strange cranes. There is ever so slightly a light blue mist venting from the front engine and around these hovering plates along the carriages. It casts an almost eerie blue glow into the fading twilight around you. Uh, the sun hasn't quite yet set, and this blue glow accentuates the outline of this machine that sits on the rails ahead of you. You don't hear any noise coming from it until you are up onto the platform proper. The guards kind of glance at Siegfried with a nod and let you through. And then you don't necessarily hear so much as feel a hum in your bones. The air around all of this almost seems to vibrate slightly. There is a strange thrum, just barely. It is not enough to move you or displace you, but it is slightly disorienting. You feel your ears pop slightly as you get within about 20 feet of this thing, as the pressure changes. Hate that ship. You hate it? Yeah, my ears pop. I don't like it. Do you like having your ears pop? I actually don't like it when my ears pop. I don't know why. It is like a reorienting. The guards, uh... like, let you in like you are a, like a, um... A famous person. My brain really dumb today, I'm sorry. I work on a lot of their wood, so, like, I've, they know me very well. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Why would our ears pop? That's interesting. That means probably atmospheric changes around us. Probably. Huh. As or, yeah. you take this in, another dwarven figure hops down from the main engine. There is sort of a ladder. Uh, this one has a long almost like sort of rusty blonde um, braid that hangs kind of past almost to the backs of her thighs. Um, femme presenting, I apologize. Um, You're good. With a very stern, squared jaw. Um, she kind of hops down and says, you're my escort, then, eh? Uh, and begins to pad towards you with a big smile on her face. Yeah. You must be Wildeberg Edener. 
That is me, the conductor. It is nice to meet you. You are uh, Honey, Tristan, and uh, Siegfried, yes? Yeah. Where do we send yeah. the head? Uh, it is good, it is good. We are waiting on one more, I think. And as she says that, Gendry, you make your way, I assume, skirting around the edge of the town. Yeah. And come kind of from behind. At an angle. Yeah. Uh, and are greeted by this structure, which smacks of Norkai engineering to you. Uh, I will, without looking for anyone to check in with, try and hop on one of the cargo tracks, <laughs> the flatbeds. Immediately a few guards, like, are, are on your... They, like, begin to, like, move to put their hands on you. Oh, that's not okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I immediately get into, like, a defensive position, pull out two axes. They're, like, you see as one of them, like, raises a pistol and another brings a halibut down. Uh, and Do we hear this commotion? <laughs> I think, yeah. You all begin okay. to hear, like, guards running towards the back of the train, and you turn to see this stout dwarven figure with axes drawn and ready to go. Hey, is that our, is that our other one? Is it? Oh, what in the Dickens? Uh, that is our, uh, that is our fourth. You leave him alone. Silly Dickens is canon in this world, guys. <laughs> we did it. We, we did, did it. It was the best of times. Yeah. Put that man down. Don't mess with him. He is uh, looking very scary. Uh, and you see as the guards kind of look confused and like lower their armaments and step away from you. That's right. And would Honey and I recognize this figure from this morning? Chief. Um, you know what? Probably, yeah. Actually, fully, yeah. Probably. Yeah, there's a, there's you a homeless. Scare me the fuck down. That's true. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. You do. Uh, I take my bag off the train. Yeah. Come, come All over right. here. You are with yeah. us. Cool. You just wanders you... down the length of this behemoth. Yeah. You are. Gendry. Siegfried. I didn't know there were others. <laughs> Puts out his hand. Pleasure. Right. I am Walter. Well, Mr. Gendry, my name Honey. Alright. Nice Tristan. to meet you. Alright. He looks at Tristan and then back at Honey. And he's like, You all can carry your own, right? I mean, you can. <laughs> he's looking over at Siegfried, like, up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, expect you to carry things for me, no. Good. Yeah, I don't, I don't Literal need person. you to carry my stuff. I don't, I'm confused. I, he, are you referring to like carrying my own as in your life is your own like, on this train? Oh yeah, that's no problem. Good. Uh, and he'll I pass mean, them. And get on if the train. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, he's ready to go. Huh? We are great. all here to help each other. Let's try and keep that in mind, friend. That was not in my contract. Uh, and not a contract. You'll hear like the uncorking of a whiskey bottle. <laughs> As the hum makes him want to throw up. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so. Why didn't we get contract? Technically, we did. I you guess. Guys got the I shit end of didn't this sign day. anything. That's fair. I didn't. That's interesting. Let's maybe keep that in mind. Me you know, like they don't expect us to come back. Siegfried pulls the bag of five javelins off of his back. He raises glaives like okay. Five. Okay. So this pretty because I'm guys, good oh. at what I do. Yeah. No, please. Shall we talk on the train since uh, Mr. Gendry is already on there, huh? Yep. Okay, Sounds this way. Uh, and he leads you towards the carriage car, which is the one Gendry just kind of got into. Uh, Gendry, so you are actually the first to see. 
I would be trying to open the door to the cargo compartment. <laughs> okay, so you're already at the far end of the train. Uh, so give me just. No, a no, no. I, I'm. Oh, you're. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't know where we get in on this. So the uh, the carriage train tube? was the closest to the platform, and there okay. was a big door that was open. Um, it is where uh, Waldeberg had stepped out. Gotcha. Um, so if you are kind of the first to step in, Gendry. You would see the interior of... I'll reveal you, bitch. Um, Jesus Christ. I, he yells oh, it, uh, I'll reveal you, bitch. Tell it who's boss. In the bottom right-hand corner, my friends, uh, you would see... Ooh. Oh, The interior oh my train God. car. Uh, Hell yeah. It's us. Uh, along with y'all. I can't control my dude? Oh, well, no, I'm me? on the wrong tool. Nope, can't control it. Okay, nope. just I'll delete those ones. Drop yourselves in. Gendry is the first on the train. And oh, by these. <laughs> uh, I have to... So, Gendry, you would have actually come in from this end over here. Uh, oh. Hop in. Well, I would work my way down to that back. Okay, so as you make your way down, Gendry, uh, it is a fairly well-appointed and quite large and spacious space, almost 20 feet across uh, mm -hmm. and probably 60, 70 feet long. Um, the front portion are these seats that are kind of backed one to the other to create this seating arrangement along here. Uh, in the center, there is actually a bar, uh, unfortunately yet to be outfitted, and what appears to be a poker table. Uh, it, there are some plans and pieces of paper for the design of the kind of train sitting on the table, and you get the feeling it's been kind of incorporated by the engineers who no longer want to ride along uh, as a place of work. There are then further down the end, Gendry, as you make your way towards the end of the structure. Well, I would probably stop at the bar and try and rubbish through to see if there's anything they forgot. <laughs> okay. Make Obviously. an investigation check uh, as you yeah, yeah, yeah. make a detour. Uh, and the rest of you hop on and begin to see the same thing. Gendry kind of... You see me rummaging through their liquor cabinet. Uh, ten. A ten. Uh, it is bone dry. Nobody has put liquor onto this vessel yet uh, without any sort of customers on it, unfortunately. I'd sculpt down to the end. Okay. Uh, the last two, there are these small bedding compartments at the end of this structure uh, with oh. the doors yet to be installed, so they're actually open, and you can see straight into these stacked bunk beds above each other so that four people can sleep per room. And there are also these armchairs bolted to the floor of this train just across from the doors of these rooms um, that you can kind of get more comfortable seating. Uh, as you reach the end, there is this large sliding door that looks heavy, but not locked. Hell yeah. For kink. You open it? I don't know how they, I don't know how they open, but so that's what I do. It's all... <laughs> as it kind of slides to oh, the side. Uh, and you that. see then this basically uh, connecting arm that affixes the following um, basically train car uh, full of supplies and resources to it. And you see another one beyond that, um, which you can see back on the main map. Uh, these exterior cars here, Ooh, loaded right. with lumber, pieces of metal, uh, countless crates um, filled with various resources uh, and pieces of equipment. And no one stops me? Uh, no one seems to stop you. Although, as you kind of make it to the end, now uh, Waldeberg kind of hops on and says, Okay, everybody, let's uh, talk. We need to get going fairly soon. Uh, I'd like to travel <laughs> through the night. <laughs> All right. Close <laughs> <laughs> <was> the door. <laughs> <laughs> so this dwarven woman kind of works up to us. So my understanding is the engineer has explained this all to you, as has uh, the mayor, yes. 
Yes. I will be in the front car. Um, they haven't come for me yet. They are happy to hop on, take what they want, and leave. But anyone who tries to stop them, uh, well, people have been hurt and worse. Um, they tend to strike when we come through bends or slower stretches. They have been on horseback when they've raided us. And you know, my crew are cowards, so they won't ride along. My poor beloved train. Those are some priorities. So, do you have a timetable of when, um... <laughs> do you have a timetable of when these bends occur and the train has to slow? Because that would be really useful for us. I was I just going to ask the same like question, to thank you. And yeah. uh, we can chalk time from that. Perfect. Uh, and again, pulls up a very familiar map. Uh, <gasps> I've never seen this before in my life! <laughs> This is Gendry's first time looking at this map of the Thousand Fronts. Um, so, you can see some very major bends where it runs. It is pretty rough along the encroaches of the hills here. And along the coast, there is a lot more bends than you see because Clifford's collapse is pretty rough. Uh, there are some very large trend systems left behind that failed out and we have to go around them rather than fill them. Um, basically... On the train, this journey is probably going to take us uh, all of the night ahead of us and most of tomorrow. Um, they are likely to strike near this point here or anywhere up uh, beyond towards the AR camp. And so probably long? between um, the morning, like 8 a.m. and uh, and probably like 1 p.m. So it seems we have the night. It is likely. Okay. I'm really exhausted, so it'll be cool if we had. Yeah. If <laughs> I was going to, I was going to suggest we can do watches. I will go first. Um, Gendry, Tristan, any preference? I'm a middle of the night kind of guy. If that's all right, I'll take. Want second. to take third, honey? Do you mind taking fourth? I'll take the last one. Gendry, are you okay with second? Fine. Whoever's in the morning needs to be careful, though. Yeah. I will be much better at watching for things in the morning. I don't know what that means. Me neither. We had a long journey here. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Seems like you have a plan. Uh, again, they will likely attack the backs of the cart, but it is possible they would come for me, so keeping an eye you on have... me is appreciated. I'll walk the perimeter, and um, do you have window posts that are easily accessible? Um, window posts? Uh, Opening to if I need to throw a javelin or two. Oh, okay, I get you, I get you. Uh, from the back cars, you are fine. Uh, up here, the windows do not open, uh, but the top does, and she points up, and what you I see... I thought I was going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he, I will move you back to can the Can he tree. reach it? Um, With his the, height? Yeah, you would be able to kind of okay. push that up. Okay, cool. I just wanted to check. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, do you mind if I travel to the front with you? I was going to try something before. Uh, no problem, of course. Oh, you are the Tristan one, yes. I told of you. You can uh, carry along with me. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I might have a way of making sure for okay. their safety, at least throughout the night, so we don't have to keep an eye on the front. We can just keep an eye on the back. Oh, I okay. appreciate that. That is wonderful. Uh, okay, well, 
Time for me to take my caffeine, and you turn, and, and there is like a thermos, uh, and she pops it open and down something, uh, Gendry, that smells something like Irish coffee, uh, yeah, a Falanaki yeah. coffee, uh, <laughs> a fellow dwarf. Um, if there's anything you need, please do not be afraid to call. Um, of course, I'll and thank you. Make my way across the length of the train during my watch, and just make sure that everything is safe. Wonderful. Um, I will uh, go with Tristan then, uh, and she begins to kind of lead you up towards the main engine. Uh, another one of those large sorting sliding doors is kind of hauled open, and she hops out onto this adjoining segment and then carries you across to the main engine. Uh, and Tristan, Ooh. what you are greeted with is... Across the threshold. Across the threshold. Uh, <laughs> what you are greeted with is a massive cylindrical tank made out of some burnished metal with pipes and hoses running out of it and there are these large almost now that you're getting closer they aren't vents there are these almost crystalline runs and the steam is fading off of those the crystals themselves are glowing this kind of dull blue uh, and you can see it's a similar blue to what you see. Hi, Raiders! Welcome in! Um, what you see is that kind of dull blue glow uh, is is very similar to the blue coming off of the metal plates that are fastened along the base of this uh, train structure. Um, she kind of leads you around this tank towards the front, and you see these long coils that run forward towards a slew of levers and dials that are plastered along the front of this vessel. It's a little precarious. There are railings, but you have to move along an exposed exterior section section into this kind of front front cab, which sits up and looks over this lengthy coiled tube that has all these brass pieces running along it. She says, "Okay, what is you careful with magic? Okay, uh, if you do it up here, there is a little bit of a, you know, it can be reactive, huh? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, can I take a like?" Can I roll something to try to take a stab at whatever I'm looking at? Stab. See if I understand it. Uh, how are you taking have, a stab at this? Uh, by with a blade. It. I do uh, have dagger. a blade. I take out my dagger and I start stabbing uh, the so train. Just studying it, make an investigation check for me. Engineering. <laughs> engineering. <That's> en <laughs> I'd like to make an engineering check. Uh, you said investigation? Yes. Yeah, Your school sucked. The technical college, you First know, not all, really the most. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it was so. <laughs> <laughs> he studied the blade. I studied <laughs> the blade. Ah, uh, that's a dirty twenty. <laughs> dirty twenty. Tristan, what you are certain, Tristan, is that this is this is the sort of engineering that is taught to no one. This mm. is ether engineering. This is the almost religiously guarded engineering of the Norkai dwarves. This sort of arcane science is what raises vessels into the air. It is what fires bolts of boiling plasma across ranges of tens of miles. It is what provided sentience and automation to the Warforge. It is paired with the more contempt or the more regularly used steam engineering there are elements you see venting processes that aren't addressed when you've seen diagrams of norkai airship but everything that you experience from this is secondhand breakdowns 
from Vegar Castellian or Thaltian engineers. It is never directly from the Norkai. And the inner workings, beyond what you see on the exterior here, is seen by essentially no one. I think... She's a beauty, uh, eh? Yeah, I recognize little bits. They call her Brunhilda. Brunhilda. It's an interesting name. (laughs) Um, uh, I recognize certain things, like, and I think he just starts pointing out, like, with his investigation, like, whatever he recognizes, he starts pointing out and goes, and that would probably lead to, like, this, and just is kind of doing, like, (laughs) and I assume that means that there's something happening here, and doing, like, the, like, breaking down not to... He's not trying to, like, brag. He's just genuinely like, this is amazing. Yeah. As you're looking at it, there are mechanical components that are are just specific pieces of engineering that you're familiar with, especially, like, the gauges and processes near the front. That's not Aether Tech. That is just plain. Very advanced engineering applied to the Aether Tech engines. What the Norkai keeps sacred is Aether Tech. The process of what you would know with an investigation check is that Aether is a process of transitioning between gas to liquid to solid and back again in various capacities. No one has been able to figure out how to do that. And the Norkai are the sole people who know how to produce Aether. Any folks who have attempted to replicate have done so unsanctioned and at massive loss. The process of trying to cause that chemical change is highly volatile. So whatever manages that process, you're fairly certain that there is some sort of process of shifting energy between states within the confines of this engine and then pumping it down what you assume is metal that is laced with ether as a solid to create this sort of levitation. However, how that is achieved is beyond... And you start to get the... While unacceptable, this chief engineer is working with a very different form of engineering. That doesn't give her any right to the way she behaved, but you're starting to be like, ah, this is... Ah. This is not science that is taught to people. This is a highly guarded trade secret. I think I think Tristan like understanding it a bit more would like kind of like how you just explained how it works would be like is am I getting this right like constantly to the the uh, not the bad yeah that's fairly good there. make a persuasion check for me okay oh I have advantage on those uh that is a twenty three all right. She's kind of nodding and uh, and and appreciative. She says, yeah, that is pretty good. Uh, you want to ride along with me up here? huh? See how we run the thing. Uh, if you don't mind for a little bit, I was going to get some rest in a little bit. I am. Of course, you can have some watch. of this. Eh, fuel. What? It, what it, uh, sure. A Falanaki coffee. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Uh, she pops it. it open and it is mostly liquor. Nice. <laughs> uh, also, I wanted to, uh, whenever we hit around eight hours before they attack, I was going to 
do a thing here. What are you, you do? Okay, just be careful around the equipment. Can I, magic, does it work better outside, inside? Like, what do you... But you're going to be a little bit better off away from the engine, probably. Just okay. to play it safe. It's shielded a couple times, but uh, <laughs> you never know, eh? Wily yeah, stuff, no, it just kind of slaps the side of the engine. He's like, uh, right. And I, I think for however long he, he stays, he'll watch how it works and see the little bits. Okay. Uh, While you're doing this, what are the others doing to settle in? Silence. Getting ready to ride Broomhilda. <laughs> I think... Um, yeah, I think Sig is just heck checking you with honey. Uh... What are you feeling? I know it's been a, a long days. It's been freed. I'm feeling worried that people just need resources and the train is the easiest way to get them. I'm worried that maybe these are just desperate. You know? Yeah, I, I would be lying if the thought didn't cross my mind, but they've killed people. I don't think... I think something needs to be done. And if it's at least asking questions, I'm happy to do that. I just... Nine people versus four is also a little concerning, but Fair. but we can do, we can do that. How are you doing? We'll just kind of pat his hand on top of theirs. We can do it. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I am. You have to be worried about it to survive. Like you have to, but. Tristan seems incredibly competent. I know you're competent. Gendry is uh, an unknown element, which scares me the most. Oh, yeah. Uh, I oh, think yeah. he's probably competent. I'm sure he's competent. I mean, he pulled it, He pulled those axes out very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I don't worry about his ability. It's just the demeanor that gives me pause. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Not everyone is... <laughs> Willing to put their life on the line for strangers. Siegfried, you are an unusual person. Some people have called me a fool for that, yeah. I I'm not saying you either. are. No, but... I just, um... I just want to help. Want to help you? I, I I know that there's stuff you want to look for, and I'm happy to do that. Well, you know, one if I look at those records, can maybe see if there's something connected to the letter. So I think this is a good starting point. Yeah. No, you deserved safe. Random elements knowing evil is not great. I don't like it. Don't like it either, but 
there's a lot attached to that letter that terrifies me. But I can't be stopped by it. I have to keep moving forward. I have to keep doing what I have been doing, and... I don't know, I... Uh, I love being able to just try and do right by you, and I mean... We met, I got hit by a door, and... That's then I wasn't... It was my fault completely, yeah. I'm big and don't know how attic doors work, but... I see that there's this... this uh, in Chormondet, it's uh, a petite feu, little fire. I see that in you, just driving you. And I, I want to stoke that passion and just help you find what you need. I feel drawn to it, I don't know. That's... Again, very generous. I, I worry that maybe you are too generous. But... We're going to sleep. My eyes feel like they have been open for a week. He's like and walking I feel like them to the room. Even crankier. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and He's I'm always cranky. Okay, okay. He, he walks them into the room. Sleep. Get that rest and, and we'll wake you up when watches are ready. Okay. Um, can I, one sec, I wanna, hey, I'm new at this character, I'm sorry, I'm a slow boy. Don't apologize. Oh, shit, it's concentration. Eh, they'll do it anyway. This is going to fade away really quickly, but they do <laughs> cast Shield of Faith on you. They hit the bed and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Give me those spell slots. No, I'm kidding, you're out of here. You know, I really appreciate, they're asleep. He'll tuck them in and just walk out of the room. Uh, get, is Gendry just sort of sitting there? Yeah, Gendry's outside on the cargo bay, setting up his bed. <laughs> okay. He'll he'll look for Gendry. Sigwell. You find an empty I'm, car uh, when you step I'm out. I'm literally of right outside the door. <laughs> like I'm on yeah. the map where I'm setting up. My yeah, bed. yeah. He'll he'll sort of knock on the the exterior. Excuse me. I'm like outside of the person car. Yeah. I, okay, I'm one of the flatbeds. I don't know if yeah. I can hear you knocking out there. He, he'll just walk in then. You're very polite. <laughs> excuse, excuse me, Gantry. Hey. Hi. Um. I. How. How are you? I'm fine. Ah. <laughs> Takes a drink out of the open bottle of whiskey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you do you have any uh, combat specialties that I should be aware of, just in case uh, we're ambushed in the night? I'm good at range. Fine up close. I'm better up close and okay at range. Oh, there we go. You plan to watch over the night? First couple hours. Fine. Don't step on me. What? He, he's setting up his bed outside of the car. <laughs> I'm not going to step on you. Yeah, you never know. Well, 
if you need anything, please just shout. Right. And if you see anything, shout. Will do. Right. Does can I make a check on this individual? Does there seem to be any sort of military experience that I can glean from like the way he's bunking up? Any sort of boozing? <laughs> uh, Sean, what sort of what are you presenting here? Do you think uh, there's any sort of Not in his demeanor or stance currently, but probably in the way he's setting up his his sleeping quarters. Okay. Uh, there is something there that, if you have any military background, would probably tickle a part of you that's like, that looks too neat for a homeless man who's drunk all the time. He doesn't say a word. Okay. Uh, wake you up if you need anything. All right. And Sigil will start his watch. So, wheeled train. As you <coughs> bunk down, two of you heading to sleep, one of you up in the front, and Sig preparing for watch. Uh, Tristan, you would watch now as um, Waldeberg begins to shift these massive wheels near the front, one on one side, then shifting over to the second side. You see and feel those of you who are awake your ears pop a second time as the pressure gets more intense and you can feel the slight thrumming almost within your lungs as this thing begins to suddenly shift forwards. It's not a lurch or a pull. It's almost like the thing was somehow tethered in place and has suddenly been released and is sliding out of position, though there was nothing holding it in place. As it begins to slide forward, you don't feel any sort of bouncing or shifting as this thing literally levitates slightly over the rails that acts as a counterweight to it. The sun is just now dropping behind the sunset. You see now as the blue glow radiates up from beneath this structure along the rails and these massive plates that it sits on. There is a slight crackle um, near the front of the engine, Tristan. You see a little arc of almost light blue lightning kind of reach out into the air and then fizzle out it's very rare that it occurs but every once in a while it's almost like something pops out of control and then recoils back into the plates as it begins to lurch forward the sun now completely down and the light coming from the engine of this construct and the lit cars behind you which have these oil lamps hanging that light slightly behind you they kind of swing as the momentum of this thing begins to pick up and it picks up quickly as you are pulled forward, Sig, near the end of the thing, you feel as you are all of a sudden sliding along the ground, and the outlines of the massive mountain ranges to your left and right curtain the slightly brighter sky that is lit by the stars and three moons that hang over them in this sort of spread above you. And so, the ether train begins to move forward. You, uh, the conductor looks to you, Tristan, and says, She is quite the beauty. Uh, it's it's uh, genuinely it's it's amazing. My uh, wife did a hell of a job on her. <laughs> right, she uh, definitely did. Uh, might put it in a good word. I was trying to hopefully become an engineer to help build this type of stuff. Give a persuasion check in. for me as she's kind of takes another swig of this mostly alcohol coffee as the train begins to pull forward. I do have it. <laughs> it's coffee flavored alcohol. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is. It's Kahlua. That's a ten. <laughs> a ten. So it goes. Eh, maybe, maybe not. Do a good job. 
All right. Uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, you see him go, all right, and the second they go for another shit, he goes, shit. Like, covers his shit. He just kind of wipes his face. The of an engineer surviving combat. <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, I don't die. Maybe you get the job. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to head to bed then so I can do the best job. I'll, I'll be back uh, to, to observe later. That's all right. Sounds good. Uh, Brunhilda, go! As, as he as he exits, uh, Tristan stops, like closes the door. Um, and you said like there was there's like a little area right outside of like between the two. Right? Uh, so there is like an open kind of gangway between the exterior of the train and the next car. If you step yeah. inside, you are would be standing next to like the seating areas that are back to back seating right here. So in that, but there's nobody uh, in there if you're wanting to be alone. Well, I was gonna say in that gangway, like before he like officially like gets to the next car. Okay, so still um, outside. Yeah, he's going to uh, take a second and uh, open up one of the one of the many different books from his bag and go like kind of rifles through his bag and gets a book and goes, "Okay, uh, remember how to do this. It doesn't work every time, but like I'm in a situation. This is gonna work. I know what I'm doing." And um, takes a minute, and like if Sig might catch him do this, but um, he's gonna start tracing his finger across the edge of the gangway to get to the uh, captain's quarter. Yeah, to the engine room. Um, He's gonna trace his finger, and uh, the tattoos, the little wispy tattoos, start peeling off onto the ground as he casts uh, alarm on that area. Nice. Okay. Uh, so you cast alarm basically around the entryway to the engine room. Um, as you begin to cast, there is that familiar wisping of gold, and the Train ticking. <laughs> Everyone does. Uh, the ticking and whirring Yay. of the more intricate and mechanical engineering within the control space of the engineering room, you swear it gets louder to your ears. As you focus Mm. on the spell, that whirring and spinning sound of machinery almost seems to amplify to you and to you alone. Uh, I think when he finishes, he just kind of, like, pulls his hand back. Right, well, hopefully that works. Don't know yet, but let's do this. And, uh, goes back to the room and goes to sleep. Okay. Sig, first watch. As this train almost silently, you're only greeted by the sound of wind and the dust kicking off of the ground of the thousand fronts around you. You can't see the desolate visage that you know lies down the hill before you as you spin away from uh, Chateau de Coyonnais, Jesus Christ. Uh, As you kind of move downwards, you know that it lays before you, but it is quite a dark night, at least on the landscape. shaded by the mountains beyond um, but you feel this thing slipping we'll just uh yeah he'll start kind of looking around and after he's um <coughs> you know figured out whether or not he's safe to look away for a second he'll have something to do but do you want a perception check uh, sure. I'm going to do a general perception check for your entire watch. So kind of how are you oh. keeping an eye on things? Um, he's if he's you moving. Do have something you want to do? Let me know because that might affect how the check goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's going to uh, take 
um, out of a, a waste pouch, a small, a very dinged up uh, leather notebook. Um, and he's just going to start writing a small, like two paragraph letter. As you're kind of sitting there, are you sitting in the front car? Or are you sitting in the exterior? He's going, car? he is like walking the perimeter. Oh, walking and riding. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, make a perception check for me. The DC is up a little bit on anything you might yeah. see because you're focusing on the letter. Yeah, makes uh, sense. Yeah, sure. I just wanted to say something before Alec gets into his stuff. I don't know if I'm able to sleep tonight because of where we are, where we're heading, and what I'm currently sleeping on. Um, I let you I'm going to leave that up to you. Uh, no, I'm going to leave it up to you. Leave it th okay. Yeah. Then fate is going to decide for you. Yeah. Me? Sorry, Alec. No, don't apologize. Perception okay. um, is a seven. Okay. Gendry. Mm -hmm. As you lay there, Oopies. that pressurized feeling, it's too familiar. The popping of your ears as you feel it begin. Obnoxious. Cool. It keeps you up. Exhaustion it is. There's no sleep in the night. Hey. And that is only amplified as Kendry does, or excuse me, um, you do kind of note Siegfried pacing back and forth the length of the train. Um, seems to be keeping an eye out, but not great. Uh, there's a fair amount of writing quite intensely into a book. And a lot of focus on that and less on the surroundings. Okay, so he's not paying attention to his surroundings. Yeah. <laughs> he got a fight. He can do his thing. I'll talk later. Okay. Any, uh, <laughs> any addition on that, Siegfried, or is it just writing this letter? Um, and who are you writing to it? You don't have to share if you don't want to, but you're welcome to share as well. Uh, he is writing to, he's writing a letter he has written a hundred times, but has never sent. Okay. And it is taking up almost all of your attention. Yeah. But. I quickly wanted to throw that Tristan is sleeping where he is on the train. He's not in a room. He oh, he's out. Close. Okay. He's out in one of the he benches. Stay, Perfect. He has to stay close <laughs> to that area. And so he's like, <laughs> I, he like walked, stopped and was like, oh shit. And they like, are quite nice. Padded and, and, and well capped, so you're 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 comfy enough. We're all a little uh, quirky. <laughs> I'm like, here's some beds. Let's not sleep in them. Did you have this no, counter that says days since the party has had exhaustion? It was at zero. It started to tick to one, then it dropped to zero. <laughs> I was like, what's this? A zero? <laughs> uh, we can't have Worse. that. Now we change it to days without exhaustion. We got to keep that counter up. <laughs> Guys, you're just exhausting your options. Um, yeah. oh, <laughs> I've never felt you Drums. so proud. Um, <laughs> so, Sig, as you continue to fixate on this, you lose yourself in that letter. And it's not right until the end of your watch that you glance up. And as you kind of look over the edge... The glow coming from the undercarriage of this train and the edges of it lights a dusty, sandy patch that you know now you are deep within the Thousand Fronts. This thing must be moving incredibly quickly. As you look up to get your bearings off the mountains to the west and east of you, you are far ahead of them, moving up along the skirts of the Bloomfort Range that moves northwest. 
you are moving across this train far quicker than you have ever in the past. Fuck. He will put the notebook away very haphazardly um, and just sort of try and, and, and make sure that, that things are safe. Okay. Kind of kicking himself for getting lost in this thing that he often finds himself lost in. It seems like you haven't been attacked yet, um, but your watch is essentially up. And I believe it was Gendry at second watch. But before that, <coughs> uh, while I saw him pacing up and down and sort of distracted in what he's doing, and myself not being able to sleep, uh, I would have waited for a moment when he comes down this way and then turns to go back the other side of the train to uh, go into my bag, sort of pushing aside some empty bottles. Clink, 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 clink. Yeah. Uh, to... With a five perception, he doesn't catch it. <laughs> I'm really bad at what I do. I don't know how I've lived this long. Uh, the dice are being seen. For, for context, start... chat, this was exactly what happened in session zero, too. <laughs> I also rolled like shit in my session zero. <laughs> I almost oh, went to well. the wrong city. Y'all would have been so confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, he will reach into his bag, sort of past uh, some of his vices, past the box of cigars, to almost this small, like, fabric that he's fashioned, just sort of not a very well-hidden compartment in his bag, but just like a fabric that he can stretch over and like latch onto the other side so you can't necessarily see it at first glance uh and he pulls that aside and there is a small uh spherical stone that has this this lantern almost affixed to it like a lantern handle affixed to the top of it uh and on one side of the stone there is a broken section revealing the inside is this almost geode like stone uh, and he just sort of, like, looks at it. And... The humming almost disappears for a second. As he's just lost in the interior glow of this stone. And then he just puts it back and says, Almost there. And as, almost you, there. as you say that, it almost feels as if you're going glowing growing closer by the second. Okay. Now it's a little bit of comfort, but I still don't sleep. <laughs> All right. Eventually, it wakes you up. Great. I don't have exhaustion yet, do I? No, not yet. That cool. will be when uh, Honey finishes their watch. Okay. Uh, um. Then I pull out, as he's approaching, I just like cover up the thing and pull out the uh, illegal vodka from Castle Land. Castle Rock? What's Baker it called? Castle. Baker, Baker Castle. Castle. Uh, Castle Rock. Castle Rock. <laughs> hey, I have Rattle one of those Rock. near me, yeah. Hell yeah. I think every state has one of those near them as long as they're near water. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I pull up the Vega Rock vodka <laughs> and I go to pour myself like a little tiny shot and just, just like this weird makeshift like carved wooden shot glass. Uh... And you would probably obviously see this because he's trying to hide the other thing. Uh, and I'll just pour myself a shot and take it as he's approaching. Sick. Uh, the bottle that he shows you 
the exact same mm-hmm. liquor that came across on the tugboat with you and your friend. Do I, do I still have that flask? You do. He'll take his flask, open it, take a sip, and then offer it to his shot glass. Very kind. Or is it? A little bit of trust goes a long way. This will get you further. <laughs> he drinks it. It is Good the luck. same stuff. Um, oh, no, I took two shots. <laughs> I'd like you to make a constitution saving throw. No, I'm a wee little boy. Uh, you do get your advantage, though, bud. I spent all of my lay on hands. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. I want it. I'm a wee little boy. <laughs> Drown them uh, sorrows. I got a 19. Okay, you're fine. Damn. Uh, yeah. little, just a little bit of that warmth going down, a little bit of buzz that almost just counteracts a little bit of that humming inside from the Aether tech. Hell yeah, little dance. Feel, he's feeling a little bit more loosey-goosey. You see that like sort of grumpy old facade sort of fade away. He's just like, mm. all right, my turn. Yeah. Right. Uh, good luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll uh, walk to the room, um, check on Tristan, see he's fine, check on Honey, and crash in the room that they are in. Okay. Okay. From my watch. Yeah. I am going to try and climb this crane. <laughs> good man. Good man. Okay, good man. Um. <laughs> So, as you... Oh my god, I'm losing control of my shit. Uh, as you attempt to That's climb... pretty bad, dude. Get to a toilet. Are you pooping? Are you pooping? <laughs> go to a toilet. He's pooping? He's pooping? We go to a quick break? Are you Emergency pooping? break? break. <laughs> are, you, are you pooping? DM is pooping. DM is pooping. Uh, can I get an acrobatics check from you, please? Cool, cool, cool. Josh is Mr. Poopy Pants. Josh is Mr. Poopy uh, Pants. Oh, nice. Confirm, 18. confirm. An 18? Yeah. Okay. Uh, as you look at this large it's like a wrought iron crane that is on this pivot mount that it seems to be able to swing out and lower oh, things yeah. on and off it is currently lashed in place and lowered down slightly but it still sits high above even the roof of the train car before you so it's probably the highest point uh affixed to the train you can even uh, kind of see beyond uh, to yeah. the engine uh and you are able to scale <laughs> it quite readily as you find yourself atop the uh little train all right. And there, I will sit there like a construction worker in the 1950s, posing for a photo. Make a perception check for me as you get out your thermos and lunchbox. Uh... What is that? <laughs> You're joking, but I do pull out like one of the rations and just start eating. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's a little bit of stewed rabbit there that you Hell get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 19. And 19. Um, from this vantage point, it's a little easier to get visibility a little further out from the train. You are moving through a barren landscape dotted with small patches of very dry grass but most of it is almost if not scorched scorched then something has run amok some sort of chemical or explosive damage or heat or wind or gas has burnt away a lot of the foliage in this Mm -hmm. land off to the left there is a cart track that follows along the length of this rail that is mm-hmm. clearly used for okay. the conveyance of folks working up and down the rail itself um, that kind of moves along northwards. This is essentially okay. the only road that runs in any direction across the Thousand Fronts. Save and it follows answer. this track almost like the, the road travels alongside it. Parallel like, a, to the- like a frontage road for construction. 
Okay, interesting. As if even folks, like, you could put a card on one of these, offload it, and make short distances without having to move the rail. They've kind of maintained this service road alongside it. Um, okay. As you sit there, though, there are occasional flashes of dark, hulking shapes crashed against the ground, strips of barbed wire, fields of trenches. Nothing stands out as shifting or moving to you as you continue across this very empty, silent space. And with that perception check, what stands out to you is anywhere else in Rougemont or Falunach, even in the middle of the night, you would hear bats, owls, creatures Something. in the undergrowth. There is nothing here save the wind. Christ. This place. But. Uh, yeah. Also, while I'm sitting up here just doing a thing to myself, do I know where Rumbletown is? Or Rubbletown? Um, Rubbletown. Make a retroactive perception check for me. I do have a map that I've purchased in our session zero. You do, and it would not be marked on that map. Okay. Then I have to make a what check? A retroactive perception check. Perception? That's a good number 21 yeah 20. we'll go with that 21 21 21 uh <laughs> but you're the best as you were That's making your way up. through the town you heard mm -hmm. people mention rubble town in the context of a portion of chateau de coyne it is a part of the town okay it is not it's not a town yeah. good to know thank you all right i do my look feel the uh, pit of despair in my stomach grow slightly bigger and eventually go to get, I believe Tristan was third. Yeah. You All find right, Tristan I... asleep on the bench. Good man. Hey, he was over on the bench. Smack his boots. I think, uh, so you smack, you smack his boots. Tristan jumps up, uh, dagger in hand. Uh, sorry. Old habit. Uh, dies hard. Very careful uh, who you wake up to, lad. You slapped me in the boots while I was asleep. Like I, I did. You pulled you know, a knife it, on me. Good instinct. Yeah. Wrong person. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! All right. Uh, thanks. You're turning to watch. Yeah, I got you. Uh, Liquid courage before you go, and I hold out the half-empty liquor or the whiskey bottle at this point. Everybody's getting drunk for what? <laughs> it helps me. Uh, yeah, sure. That that uh, that sounds pretty great. I pour on the finger of a. Or you can drink out of the bottle. I, give I thought you handed me the bottle. You did this. Yeah, I'm a, I I'm a dwarf. It's up to you if you want to share lips with me. I don't care. Hell yeah. It takes a swig, hands it back to you. Mm -hmm. Nice look. Right. Thanks. I go back outside with a bit sleeping my mouth. Or don't. Uh, you are plagued uh, by continued yes. stress. I toss and turn. Yeah. Uh, Tristan. So, Tristan, how safe is it to get on top of the train? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Hi, dude. You, could, you make that decision for Tristan. There, well, like, because I didn't know with, like, the joining, where the cars, like, join, is there, like, a ladder up? Or is it just, like, a straight climb out of, like, one of the little, uh... <laughs> so there is holes? a ladder on the exterior that will lead up as well, or you can make your way up through the portholes. Either okay. way, as you step out onto the front between the engine and the carriage car, you are hit by a fairly strong wind, and you are fairly certain that it's a lot stronger up top. Um, 
you also take a look at the surface. It is slicked metal um, intended to cut through the wind less so than be purchasable when in motion. That being said, it's not impossible. It's just when do you want to take that risk or not? Uh, So I think Tristan uh, takes the jacket, takes the hat, leaves it like in the seat and just climbs the ladder it doesn't leave the ladder, but he's like peering back off the back of the train because he can't walk to the back of the train. You took or his hat off, you said? Goes I, oh, yeah, he takes the hat I off. I God, you leave your hat inside. Yeah, he's Whoa. not losing that hat. I'd be so sad. Stop the train. Uh... <laughs> it would be a stop the train. Yeah. I'm getting off. <laughs> New goal. Um, yeah, he peers. He, he would just stay on the ladder itself, yeah. but like peer off it, like towards the back of the train to see if he sees anything. Make a perception check for me, my friend. You've got it. Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen. Similar sort of experience to Gendry from your vantage point. Um, Rolling almost nothingness. And this is your first time experiencing this space, Tristan. This is a place of almost fable of mythos, um, a place spoken of by countless individuals across Northern Itdar, a place of loss and sadness and grief, and it radiates that legacy. The very land itself feels like it is broken. But other than that, an eerie silence as this arcane blue glowing train pierces the night of this desolate landscape. I think very similar to Gendry, there's there's definitely a, a flash of his childhood uh, and things like that from his past uh, in his mind while he's just having this watch, uh, reminding him of many old memories being out in the woods. And... Uh, once he figures his watch is about done. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, he kind of, he walks inside and goes to walk again and like stops and goes and uh, points his finger out and casts a uh, message to uh, uh, Honey. And it's like, uh, <laughs> hey, you got to get up. I can't leave here. Long's hit no one. <laughs> <laughs> you flail at the air. <laughs> it's Tristan should have said that to start. Uh, get up, please. Hopefully you Come got on, this. Come see me when you're up. Come see sh- in that what are I am awake <laughs> Okay <laughs> Okay Um They will <laughs> You are, uh, make you are their... fully rested, I will say. You can drop that exhaustion. Yay! Okay. Um, they will... Do they get more than, like, a short response I with message? I want to ask him where a he is. A message should be unlimited as long as you're within range. Is the way okay. Yeah. Works, I believe. Where are you? Uh, at the front of the train. Can't... I did a thing, and I can't move past a certain point. We are stuck. No, I'm. You can leave. You can go wherever you want. But okay. Um, is there a hatch 
in the ceiling of this train car with a little ladder? Uh, it would be on that train car, uh, just out in the hallway by the back room. Over here? Yeah, right about there. Perfect. You nailed it. Okay. Um, they will, um, I don't have a hat. They will, <laughs> how high up is it? Uh, it is about 12 feet. Wonder if these are locked. Um, they will try to use thaumaturgy to get it to open. Um, so it is not exactly locked, but there is like a pendulum arm that has it closed like a latch. So you can't get in from the outside. You have to open the pendulum and then swing it up like a window kind of lock. And this is a train. Are any of these chairs not affixed to the ground? Um, they are bolted to the ground. You're fairly sure, certain you could probably kind of jump from the armchair and get a grasp if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Okay. Like, I'm not going to ask for help. Okay. I can do it. Perfection. <laughs> uh, make an acrobatics oh. check for me as you, like, leap to grab this thing. What's that? That's good! Well, maybe. One sec. Acrobatics. Fifteen! Okay. Even, uh... All, have you put all your armor back on and everything? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I did make that at a minus one. <laughs> perfection. Whee. You jump and catch the, like, lever. And the lever, <laughs> which is a big wrought iron bar, kind of clinks and swings open. And so now you're hanging from this thing released at the bottom of it, still closed. But you are Nailed it. up on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is like there... jacket as a blanket and just sees this whole city <laughs> They're gonna give a couple little kicks. Um okay. is there one of the ladders that um Tristan was like standing on? Is there something like that to pull down? Um so with these there is basically just like bars on either side that you can hang from and pull yourself up. There's no like slide down ladder. Uh you get the feeling like these are mostly installed. If this thing were to turn over, people could get out the top. But okay, you could, okay. like, release the handle and push the door open and pull yourself through. Sorry, because I'm failing to explain this well to you. Gotcha. <laughs> so I... So there's only a ladder to one of these portholes where Tristan is. He didn't go through on a porthole. He was on the outside of the train. On either end outside, there are little ladders going up to the roof. Oh. You know where trains latch together? There's those little ladders on the side. Yes, I misunderstood. Sorry. So those are those are where he went up. You are going up through the little portholes, but there are like bars that you can hang from and push open and, and pull yourself up onto the roof. Well, they don't. They, they did don't see the. the they did see the vehicle. They don't want to sit on the top of the train. They're pretty sure, given their experience the past few days, that they'll die. Um, fair, 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 fair. That's not the goal. Um, so I guess. Opening it, seeing like you stick your head up and have what I thought. Wind. Yeah, the other hair just um, <laughs> like I made the mistake, and they close it and drop back down. It locks. Okay, um, and they will open the door and pull the same move as Tristan. Just From peek the their one. head up, holding on. Beautiful. Make that perception check for me, my friend. Perceive. Another Is wait. Oh. Out at this point or no? Not quite. Yet. Seventeen. Okay. Another a seventeen. You said, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you spend your watch, similar silhouettes 
as described to Gendry and Tristan, uh, of this landscape, something that has become familiar with you on your journey southwards recently, um, begin to manifest and become more and more visible as the sun begins to rise. First, the moon's dropping below the horizon and a dull twilight lighting the surrounding shadowed shapes, but nothing definitive with the way the light falls beyond the mountains in this space that you're in. And eventually the sun begins to rise and now you see miles and miles and miles of rolling plain lands that runs down towards the Bay of Presh as you are beginning to kind of come around a corner that arcs up around the end of the Bay of Presh towards the Vega Castle border and the southern AR camp. You're still a ways out, but you have made your way down uh, the elevation that would lead up to Chateau de Colinet uh, and skirted along the hills that run that stretch there. Um, as you watch, nothing seems to stand out to, you, out to you beyond that stark, barren landscape that you have gotten to know very recently. I think they... And we're, we're coming up to a bend in the You're railway up to bend a, soon. Yeah, a more bendy stretch of rail. Um, so there are stretches of rail where they've been able to run it for miles and miles and miles in almost straight lines. And then there is terrain that requires a series of bends. You are heading now into much bendier terrain. As you look ahead with that perception check, you see the hills that come down from the Bloomfort range meet much closer in this less flat land or sloped land and more undulating hills where they've had to cut around. Uh, you also see there are these stretches where the trenches have collapsed into each other and washed into each other through erosion, creating these massive gullies that rend down where they've had to build bridges or cut around them in these big mm. swaths, adding to these bends and stretches. It's a, you can feel the pace of the train now beginning to slow down as it has to navigate through these. Yeah, and we're still in the Thousand Fronts though, even when that occurs. Like this train is crossing the Thousand Fronts. So these highwaymen are living in the Thousand Fronts just fine. So, there has to be a way to survive it. They have to have a place to live. They're, I think they're just processing what it means, the fact that highwaymen are out here as they continue their watch. Um, yeah. They... The, I might, I'm not seeing individuals, just you this landscape. You anything yet as you continue onwards. But it is the kind of landscape you're worried about, for sure. You've entered yeah. that stretch. Siegfried and Honey, when they were making their way here, went, they took shelter in, like, an underground... Um, bunker. Bunker. Um, Remnant. Were there any signifiers for that bunker that they could look for now in the landscape, thinking about how people might survive out here? Um, with a 17, you see telltale marks of trenches. You know that a lot of them are just gullies or holes with skeletons or waste. Some of them have filled in with water or other liquid substances far less pleasant. 
you also know that some of those likely have remnants of the underground bunkers affixed to them. It takes knowledge of the terrain, a familiarity with it, to pick them out. The one that Sig led you to, or the ones that Sig led you to, he orienteered his way to, had specific markers. It takes a knowledge of this terrain, or an incredible savvy to pick them out. But it's certainly a different... And being unable to... Yeah, being unable to pick that out and therefore unable to identify where people might be coming from, their head's just on a swivel. And as you kind of continue this, the sun rising, eventually your watch comes to an end uh, as the sun kind of lifts into the air and fold the train, yet having been assaulted. Folks, I wake everyone up. (laughs) Two peanuts walk into an alley. One was assaulted. God damn it. I don't know why that made me mad, but it did. (laughs) It was too good. It was too powerful for our simple minds. Right? It's gone. How did everybody's watch go? Fine. Siegfried, I have a question for you. I may have answered, yeah. Do you know how to find bunkers? Because the highwaymen are living out here. Uh, can I think about those signifiers, Josh? Um, the ones that you have are ones that you tracked down in your process. They're not mm-hmm. like flags or things. It would yeah. take some incredible perception looking. You could try. Um, okay. But um, a lot of I, time you I, don't find them until you're directly on top of them or falling sure. through the roof of one. Uh, that one's probably more apt. Um yeah, I, I know what I've seen and what I've been able to, to find for myself, but I, I can try and look for sure. I don't know what to look for. Hearing this offhanded, would I have any information? From a different perspective? Even with... It's very similar to Siegfried's understanding of the space. Okay. This is not a these aren't things that are marked out by people to find. They are parts of the landscape that have almost been consumed as this place erodes and falls in on itself. They're little nooks and crannies. Some might be more distinct than others. if come at from the right angle sort of thing. I meant more so, do I remember where any of them are? Oh, uh, this stretch, both of you would know, uh, Clefford's Collapse, as they're calling it now, was one of the most proliferated with trench warfare throughout the 140 years of conflict um but again that 140 years the names of towns and villages in this space were lost wiped from the face of the earth small military bunkers even less there are a few fort locations that you'd be able to point out signified on the map but specific bunkers otherwise probably not gotcha i say nothing forget that okay forget what (laughs) Exactly, good man. I'll I'll look. I mean, I I have my memory of 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 what I've discovered, and just to see if there's any sort of familiar visage. Like obviously, I know there are no signs or, or anything like that, but I at least want to try. Yeah, make a perception check for me. Oh, please don't fuck me. <laughs> 
I've said that so many times in my life with that exact cadence. <laughs> a perception? Yeah. 17. With a 17. <laughs> you are essentially greeted by... You have been in this terrain as well. You've had jobs yeah. that have taken you up here. There are a few spots that you like to stop at closer down towards the coast. Um, but you're fairly certain there are countless more out in this area. Um, the number of times, again, that you have stumbled across bunkers, fairly often with things living in them that you don't really care to remember uh, particularly well, small constructs or, or little skittering creatures. Um, a lot of the time, they're less safety until you are certain they're cleared out and more a trap. There have been instances where you've heard of people even having them collapse on them. It's a very intentional series of these that you have picked out for your path that runs to the coast and over. He'll stick with what he knows then uh, and just kind of point out the ones that look like something he would gravitate towards, just at least for some sort of reference. Like, that one looks like something I would have fallen into. Uh, that looks like one I might have found out of my own wits, but I doubt it. Probably fell into that one too. But things like that, maybe. I, that's, I'm sorry, that's the best I have. Something oh, I think that's... Would... Oops, sorry, but... I would just say, that's, that's a good, it's good to have indicators, because I think they might be coming out of those. That makes sense. That's a very good call. I didn't even think people living out here would be a possibility. So, thank you for... There's one more thing, Sig, that would dawn on you. Knowing the train as it stands now. Less as it was in the past, but no. People keep referencing horses. Horses are very hard to keep alive and quite large. The bunkers that you tend to seal yourself away in... Mm. Not necessarily able to fit into those, especially nine of them. Yeah, yeah. The ho the horses is the weird thing. I mean, shit. We had trouble making it through here. Horses are a bit more fickle than us. So I don't think that they have nine strong, able-bodied horses hiding in these things. But but then that begets the question of. Where the fuck are they coming from? Yeah, and how far are they traveling? And the horses are breathing the stuff that we weren't supposed to breathe, so... Are they... Have they adapted evolutionarily? Or is there something else at play? Maybe they're not actually horses. Some sort what of mechanism? What is the distance from here to the end of the Thousand Fronts? It has to I be a long that. journey. Okay. You make your answer. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, while, this, while this conversation's happening, I'll go outside and keep watching. Yeah, I don't know. I, so this is accurate distance-wise, Button, if you'd like to get basic measurements. Yeah, yeah, Hundreds yeah. of miles. What if right. it's construct horses instead of <coughs> horses? I would have mentioned metal horses. You don't think that's something they would have noticed? I think they Metallic horses attacking a... Why would they mention it to... That's You're not going to draw people in to do something. It's yeah, that but that's weird. a pretty important detail if horses were not just horses, but are we thinking they have creatures. a more permanent encampment than somewhere? I would imagine so. It's probably why they move in so quickly, so they don't have to linger here in the fronts. At least that makes sense to me. How, Josh, for context, how fast are we moving? Because uh, like, you, you said we are like, 
are moving impossible. like 50 to 60 miles an hour in the slow stretches. In the slow stretches, yeah. are moving 50 Very to 60 miles. Straight away, like we're zooming. As you I move down like here. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a, maybe a little slower than that, but you have made 60 miles uh, as the crow flies, not including some bends and turns, so maybe more 100 in a night. Jesus. I'm just, I feel Can't like try. maybe. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe, maybe it's something we're not thinking of because, like, we're still going fast through these slow parts. I don't think you could hit it, whatever they want to call this, and, and pull everything off of it that quickly, especially with how fast we're still moving. Unless you it stop. definitely doesn't make sense. Uh, and Josh, you also said there was designs on the table, correct? For uh, some, yeah, small, like, little pieces of paper that identify little bits of machinery. Can I start copying that into one of my, like, word-for-word word copying? Sure, it yeah, you my... can. It's going to take a couple hours. Fine. They seem to be small it. pieces of, like, device design, uh, like, exchanges and capacitors. I, as Tristan starts doing that, uh, like right before he starts, he goes, oh, uh, I mean, since we have time to, to watch for stuff, uh, honey, you might enjoy this. And he pulls out a, a really old book from his bag. You kind of have started, like, Tristan's bag is mainly books. Um, mainly journals that are empty. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and he pulls out a very old journal uh, and and uh kind of sets it on the table and goes this is uh this is my grandpa uh unrin's journal it describes all the stuff with the fourth moon you seemed interested back at the in the temple didn't know if you wanted to read about it that is sacred i will i tell you what i will read it when we are not on the train and maybe going to get attacked when like when we are in a house because i would really like to but right now i want to look out the window but i am really honored that you would let me even touch the journal that's very exciting and they there is this like the nerd comes out for about two seconds and then it vanishes you're like so i have to do work yeah okay then go to watch it so we've got gendry outside making perception checks honey mm -hmm. inside making perception checks uh, anyone else justin's Copy. Tristan's I'm gonna, copy. I'm gonna go check in with the conductor. Okay. Uh, as you make your way up, you kind of pass right. through the front door and around the railings of this strange construct described earlier. Um, you can see the conductor is kind of sitting on this little fold-down seat, uh, just kind of leaning uh, and looking out ahead of her, keeping her eyes out. Every once in a while, she'll tap a dial or make an adjustment. Oh, hello. It's good to see you, Siegfried. Morning. How are you? Doing well. Good run last night. Made excellent time. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're, you're very good at um, <coughs> doing whatever it is you do. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, you didn't see anything while you were up here. Nothing on towards yet. We're about to slow a little more. Everybody's up and everybody looks rested. So. Um, <laughs> Oh, no. He doesn't fucking know. He didn't see Gendry. Um, oh, fuck yeah. So good. Is there anything else you need? 
For now, I'm fine. Uh, just keep your head on the swivel, eh? You too. Um, do you have any sort of body protection? Any sort of armor? Just my letters. Okay. Um, okay. Uh... Sounds good. Thank you. You're very welcome. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Good to hear. Thank you. Do you have any of that Falunaki coffee? Oh, of course. Uh, but halfway through now. Let's take a little sip. <coughs> Thank you. A good one. Yeah. And you do begin to see as she kind of hops down and turns a few gears. It slows a little further uh, as you begin to come into where the hills reach down almost these undulating hills now reaching towards the bay of presh you can't even see the bay as you kind of cut through these little valleys and divots around and around these corners and bends dodging every once in a while these escarpments and washouts of old trenches um yeah okay he'll uh, yeah he'll just make his way toward uh Tri honey and tristan okay perception gang you gendry and oh Sorry, just as soon as um, he returns, Blessing of the Forge, that same white-hot heat. Oh! Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, with disadvantage for my tiredness, I got an 18 and a 16, plus 7 for 23. Jesus Damn. fucking Christ. I'm fucking nasty. <coughs> I'm gross. I will not um, roll because I talked to the conductor. Sorry. 18. 18. Um... 18 and a 23 is that right yes um both of you are keeping your head completely on a swivel as you continue you do feel the train begin to slow further and the kind of almost blur of landscape becomes much more visible to you as you continue to cut your way around these hills and bends um gendry to you this is ambush country for certain oh for um, sure this tree line looks atrocious yeah. And you see these speckled little low-lying woodlands where these trees, the foliage is burnt off them, but there are these remnants of trunks creating these thickets. There are these little bramble patches that run along some of the lower-lying gullies. Sunshine, you're seeing a lot of this too, and you have that tingling along the back of your neck, that feeling of, even if you're not a trained um, backcountry expert, there is that sense of, this is not a great spot to be. Um, I think even if I haven't seen anything yet, I, he would draw his bow. And at least be at the ready. For about morning. an hour, you continue. And the hills kind of almost get taller around you now and higher as you are heading up into this uh, stretch of the rail here. And the hills almost crowd the track in this stretch. Uh, there is a lot of sections where it kind of cuts along. They are still rolling, almost perfect terrain for horsefoot. And Gendry, you are the first to make out. Shit. Before anything else, dust. A head rising into the air, a cloud. You've seen a lot of little clouds of dust being whipped up by the wind in this area. This distinctly, you are familiar with this. This is the sort of dust left behind by something moving quickly or a number of things moving quickly. Mm -hmm. You don't see the figures, but you immediately make that out even before you see them. 
What direction is it coming from? Josh? It is coming from the northeast. So off to the right and up ahead of you. Yes, up here point. in the hills. Okay. Uh, I would immediately just throw open the door and be like, Hey! Showtime! And close it back up. Honey, you see Making it almost every day. Is it pointed out? Sorry, but... Or, Jesus. No, you're good. <laughs> Button Adam Alexon. <laughs> no, I'm a true parent mood. No, I'm Gendry. <laughs> hey guys, it's me, Boulder. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Where am I? Uh... Honey will point out to um because Gendry turned around, right? Yeah, Gendry immediately. Yeah, he went back to get himself ready. <laughs> Dust cloud over there, northeast. Sig is going to take his longsword uh, in his offhand and just ready his javelins at his hip. Uh, Tristan slams the pen down. Uh, right, I'm going to go conductor. Got it? Yeah. Uh, and just starts sprinting through the cart towards the front door to get to the conductor. Oh, only Tristan was told about magic being a problem up there, right? That is true. In, inside <laughs> okay. the cabin. Uh, also, oh, okay. I would open the okay. door again and say, uh, just to everybody in a very serious manner, Hey, they shoot first. We clear? Yeah. yeah. Good. And I'll close the door back up. Beautiful. Uh, I will go ahead and reveal the rest of the map. I up to a house I about seven. Will. <laughs> to the caviar home, smell you later. What I would like you guys to do is position yourselves on the map here as you place Ooh, yourself. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, just I for, can't. This cart's in the way. <laughs> on the, just for continuity, even the inside folks, just go ahead and position yourself on this if you stay inside the main cabin here. Okay, I see. I can't. Hello? Oh, okay. oh, it's so tiny. Okay. Sorry, guys. Yes, this is a very big map. No, this is a fucking <laughs> sick map, though. I dropped it and was like, where am I? Oh. It's a heck of a Where am I? Oh. It's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, you're in the. Are you on the lower side on the inside button? I didn't. I was dumb and didn't realize how big it was. I'm going to be on the inside at a. Wait. Window? Help. Uh, yeah, at a window. Um. um. I want to, God, where is everybody else? I want to situate myself kind of in the middle. I'm going to look at Honey and just say, I think I'm going to go up top. That is dumb, don't. I'm not going to go up top. Okay. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to the train. He's going to go to <laughs> the far window. end window. Uh, can that be opened? Uh, the windows for the main train car there are not openable. Yes. He punches it. I'm kidding. You um, absolutely can. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. No, 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 no. God, these um, are huge distances. He, he yeah, will... sorry. It's a big train. <laughs> I was trying to get the he scale will... right, but it translates weirdly. Um, no, you're good. Um, but he will sort of position himself uh, northward of Honey and then just sort of, yeah. Really quick, because I'm a dumb boy. Um, they have been known to board here and take shit. Yes. Supply, um, supply rail. Actually, I'm dumb, Siegfried. We should go down here more. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I'm As you guys reposition yourselves, uh, Gandhi and Tristan, you are able to make it to your locations. Anything specific you're doing? Uh, is that barrel big, small enough that I can crouch behind it and have cover? Or do I need to like stand up to fully be over it? Uh, which barrel is that? Sorry. The one I'm standing next to, to the right of me. Right here? Uh, it is... Yeah. 
about you could crouch behind it easily enough and get cover. Okay, that's I'm gonna use that as my my cover spot. Are you trying to hide or are you just trying to get cover? Uh I will try and hide. They're coming in from this direction, right? They are, correct. Make a stealth check for me. Sounds good. As uh, eh. Honey and Sig, you are able to post up near the end of the back door. Do you leave the door open or are you closing that door? I think we leave it open. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 19. A 19. Okay. Uh, good. Solid stealth roll. Gendry, I'm going to document this. Sorry. Uh, and Tristan, what are you doing up front? I'm going to pop my head into the conductor. Right, so uh, I guess we we got movement around us, probably somebody trying to hit the train. We're to protect it. Just wanted to let you know, be safe. I'm going to be right outside the doors. Thank you for the heads up. Uh, I cannot punch it while we are here. It is too much. So we're going at maximum speed. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, give us a heads up before you punch it. Maximum so we speed? Max well, in this area. Uh, and then she uh, goes, can I do? And you see her pull this like massive Allen wrench. Or not Allen wrench, but massive like wrench over her shoulder. That just looked like this big weighted thing. And she kind of like bots it back and forth uh, fairly confidently. Um, Hell yeah. As you guys kind of watch Honey Hoorah. and Gendry, you would see them come over a low-lying hill uh, off to the east now. One horse followed by a second, a third, a fourth. The direction that they're going and the momentum of the train suggests that they have practiced this. Well, they've had much opportunity to practice getting this right. They are aiming for the back of the train for certain. Oh, yeah. And as they get closer within it's range, you begin yeah. to see these figures riding full tilt upon horseback, they are wearing these long, lengthy great coats made of a strong looking leather and are wearing these tricorn hats. Long mm -hmm. hair tends to flick behind them and you can see they all have bandanas wrapped up around their head. Oh no, it's banditos. You see hey, a few of them begin to turn away and raise rifles in the direction, not firing, but training it along the train as four more continue towards the train itself. Um, the horses at a glance for Gendry and Honey uh, are wearing they're almost like feeder masks that you would see over a horse, but mm. they are filtered out. They are also ah. chapped up the legs and along the shoulders with leather guards that seem to protect from some of the terrain and dust. But that being said, they're not ill-kempt, but these creatures have been out in a very dangerous place for a long time, and it shows. Alec, what you got? Can I just say, Josh, this is really fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> so Holy fuck. This is rad as fuck, dog. This slaps hard, dude. <laughs> as they begin to approach towards you guys. That is where we are going to call. Uh, 